Since the start of the pandemic, listings for remote work have become a common feature of the labor landscape. And some industries have embraced remote jobs. Take tech, for instance. According to a report from the trade group Technology Councils of North America, or TECNA, the number of remote jobs in tech increased by over 420 percent between January 2020 and April of this year. And while remote work offers flexibility, it also means foreign skilled workers may not relocate to the U.S. The industry says there's a way to fix this. Increase the number of visas for highly skilled workers, known as H-1Bs. This isn't a new desire for the tech industry. It's long pushed for more H-1B visas. But it's taking a new tack now that remote work has become ubiquitous. In a minute, we'll hear from our reporter, Julie Bikowitz about how lawmakers are approaching this issue. But first, we have with us Techna's CEO, Jennifer Young, to discuss how the industry came into this position and why it's reframing the discussion around immigration policy. Hi, Jennifer. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Zoe. So your organization represents regional trade groups. How are tech companies around the country feeling about the boost in remote work and particularly, you know, the outsourcing of jobs to locations outside of the U.S.? Well, Zoe, we have nearly 60 trade organizations, technology trade-focused organizations in North America, and represent nearly 22,000 small to medium-sized tech companies. So we're looking at the innovation community. And in this community is a humongous chunk of the highly skilled workers, the the software engineers, the coders, the developers. And these uh, particular roles are very difficult already for these employers to be getting to come to work. To find them, we have completely exhausted the market in the United States. And so we are experiencing humongous growth in the technology industry in the United States. Every company is a tech company. And I say the United States, in North America. Every company is a tech company. So your financial institutions, your Walmarts, your anything uh, that uses any kind of technology employs tech workers. It's not just big tech. And now the focus on a lot of these postings for new jobs being remote has really escalated the difficulty in attracting workers because they're limiting the ones that they can actually get into the office to help you know, brainstorm, design, um, you know, collaborate. It's become a really increasingly difficult situation for employers. And so how are you suggesting that lawmakers and you know, the U.S. at large should be responding to this? Well, one of the ways uh, that we're hoping that lawmakers look to remedy this issue is to start thinking about highly skilled immigration reform more of a workforce issue instead of an immigration issue. People who are coming into this country under a highly skilled visa are not coming here um, illegally. They're coming here legally and they're paying a lot of money to come tens of thousands of dollars. And so they're, they're coming through the full immigration process. But these people are not the ones that we need to be concerned about. We need to be very concerned that we don't have them. And so, you know, reforming our highly skilled immigration policies, making it more expeditious. Canada has done it really, really well. um, And they're kicking our tails. They are recruiting people hand over fist in terms of the tech workforce. And we're talking about this from, you know, a, a visa perspective, from a company perspective. Do workers want to move to the U.S.? I mean, are you seeing demand from individuals saying they'd move if only they could get a visa? Yes, we are seeing demand. Definitely companies are interested in doing it. And there is a a huge misnomer amongst a lot of folks in the United States where they do truly believe that a lot of these um, particular tech workers are coming to the United States because they're being paid less than American workers. And 
There is a lot of misunderstanding around that. And yes, there have been bad actors in the past who have done this, but the majority of companies are not looking to recruit thousands of H-1Bs. They're looking for a dozen or five. And so they're not looking to take away any kind of American jobs. They would prefer to not have to do that. Uh, they would love to hire Americans. It's significantly cheaper to actually hire an American because the legal costs are not there. The visa costs are not there, but they have no choice because they're having difficulty getting Americans to do the same jobs. And people definitely do want to come to the United States. Um, they're very eager to come to this country as evidence of just the, the number of applications that exist every year. You know, there was this grab for software engineers during the pandemic. Everybody kind of realized like, oh, shoot, we're a tech company, too. What has that demand for software engineers been like over, you know, the last two years versus before? And how does that translate into demand for H-1B visas? The software engineer in a company, they are the yeast to the bread. A software engineer is the one who creates the actual product, the tech product. The other positions are all positions very, very important to that product making, but the software engineer is the one that's the architect. And so without that person, the other tech jobs don't happen. And yes, there's absolutely been pre-pandemic and then throughout the pandemic, an increasing need for software engineers. Are you saying that because we have a shortage of skilled software engineers, that that could impact you know job creation or company creation around the country? Absolutely. This definitely stymies growth for sure. Economically, and companies can't grow. If they can't grow their products, they can't grow. And there will be, you know, a lack of being able to hire the entire, you know, rainbow of all the positions that are needed in a company. All right. That's Jennifer Young, CEO of Techna. Thanks so much for joining us, Jennifer. Thank you so much for having me this morning. All right. That's how the industry sees things. But how is that message being received in Washington? Joining us to discuss that is WSJ reporter Julie Bikowitz. Hi, Julie. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Now, we just heard from Jennifer Young, the CEO of Techna. That's, you know, how the tech lobby is feeling. But why have these efforts failed in the past? That's a great question. I started covering these issues more than 10 years ago. And I remember there was a lot of optimism back then that sort of business-minded Republicans and business-minded Democrats, which there were a lot more of back in those days, could come together and really dig in on the H-1B program. There were lots of live efforts at the time. Nothing really materialized, but the the talk from lawmakers was that they wanted to see something happen. Now, over the years, politics have shifted. And especially after President Trump's four years, you see many, many more Republican lawmakers viewing this as strictly an immigration issue, really pushing an America first approach to things, which includes, you know, urging tech companies to train better here in the U.S. and really stop looking overseas for new talent. You know, meanwhile, Democrats also have gotten wrapped up in efforts to not only address the H-1B program, but make that part of a broader immigration reform effort. So even when there is an H-1B bill that sort of starts advancing on the Hill, one or both of the sides will take issue with it for their different reasons. And therefore, we just, we're kind of at a stalemate. We don't really see much movement on the issue, even though there's a very powerful lobby effort to try to make people pay attention to it. And so I guess, you know, realistically, do we expect lawmakers to act on this? Or I guess, do we expect them to act on it anytime soon? I think it's safe to say that there won't be a lot of action this year. We've got 
very sort of contentious and hard-fought midterms coming up in just a couple of months. And so whenever there's a looming election, which it seems like there always is a looming election, there's not a whole lot of movement on controversial issues. Once a new Congress is seated, I'm sure that the lobbying campaign will pick right back up, seeing that they have a new set of people to work with and a couple more years ahead of them to get something done. But what people are hoping for now is just some tweaks to the program. The Biden administration is taking a look at ways to make the H-1B program work better, cut down on some of the paperwork and the bureaucracy that companies and workers complain about, smooth things out on that end. And then there are a handful of lawmakers who would love to see some sort of consensus, even if it's just simple things like perhaps lifting the per country cap that resides within the H-1B program. So there could be some small movements like that. And then maybe after midterms and sort of people settle into their new roles, we'll see a, a more concerted push. All right. That was our reporter, Julie Bikowitz. Thanks so much for joining us, Julie. Thank you. The pandemic supercharged big tech companies, but now those companies have seen share prices drop dramatically. Smaller tech startups are feeling the pain, too, as companies lay off employees and look for other ways to cut costs. NPR tech reporter Bobby Allen joins us to explain whether the slowdown represents a tech bubble bursting or something else entirely. Hi, Bobby. Hey, Emily. So there are big changes afoot in Silicon Valley. Companies have announced hiring freezes. Investors are losing tons of money on these plunging tech stocks. Bobby, the tech sector was booming just months ago. So what is going on here? Yeah, so the pandemic is important context. During lockdowns, as we all know, we became more dependent on our devices and apps, and tech companies were rewarded handsomely. Their profits soared. So what's happening now is a bit of a come down from those frenzied times. One tech investor described it to me as a reality adjustment. But on top of this, there are other big picture factors affecting companies. You know, inflation at a 40-year high, the war in Ukraine, lockdowns in China. Taken together, it's a real problem for tech companies. I mean, Netflix lost 70% of its value from its pandemic high. Google recently had its worst month since the 2008 financial crisis. I rung up Greg Martin about this. He's a tech investor in Los Angeles, and he explained how Google's problems can have broad ripple effects. So if you see Google's ad business declining, well, that doesn't augur well for how things are going, you know, in the ad tech world doesn't augur for how consumers are spending money. And so those are going to have impacts on companies that look to Google as an example of how good things are going in the economy. Okay, so trouble for Google could mean trouble for the whole economy. Just how bad could it get? It's hard to say. These companies have been surging for more than a decade, remember. And um, let's stick with Google uh, for an example. I mean, it has more than 150,000 employees. It's worth around the same as Italy's entire economy, right? A huge company. Um, So some analysts say, you know, some kind of adjustment was going to happen eventually. It's just this particular slowdown in big tech and the startup sector is spooking the entire industry. How exactly? Yeah. So like I said, the startup sector is experiencing a big, a bit of a, of a pullback here. Remember, all, all of the tech titans, so Google, Facebook, and the rest of them all began as startups. And now we're seeing trouble there. So-called unicorn companies, so companies worth more than a billion dollars, are seeing their values sink. For example, Instacart, the food delivery app that was a darling in the pandemic, it recently lost 40% of its value. Startups are being forced to lay people off because money is running out. And venture capitalists like Greg Martin 
and in LA say there is just a serious pullback in investment happening across the board. Venture investors are, you know, in much more pause mode. Let's slow things down. Let's spend more time thinking about the environment. Let's look at companies from all angles. Let's take the negative perspective and make sure the business works. Yeah, making sure the business works. It almost sounds ridiculous to say that out loud, but look, for a really long time, startups were getting lots of VC money based on sometimes a good feeling about a company, not whether the company actually had a way to make money. So just quickly, many listening might be wondering, is this a tech bubble? So all the tech investors I talked to said it sure looks different than declines of past years, but whether this is a bubble in the tech industry about to burst or just some new, less hyped-up reality, we just don't know yet. And here's Bobby Allen. Thank you. It's like covered with plants. Some of them are very, you know, common. Some of them are rare. At this small nursery in Boyle Heights, business is thriving as much as the lush green plants that pack shelves and hang from the ceiling. A lot of our customers are first-time plant parents. Andy Soch is the owner of Latinx with Plants, and she's showing us around the forest green storefront that she opened in 2020. Well, here in Boyle Heights, a lot of small businesses worry about whether they can stay in the neighborhood because of gentrification pressure. But this story is not about a business getting priced out. Quite the opposite. In fact, Soch is actually on track to become a part owner of the building where she rents space. I think for me, being a young brown woman of color, it just means it's like monumental for me to be able to even have that idea to that I could possibly own commercial property is insane. Soch is participating in a new program that aims to keep local businesses in their neighborhoods. Even as prices rise... And demographics change. KCRW's Megan Jamerson is here to explain how it works. Hey, Megan. Hey, Steve. We really do tell a lot of stories, don't we, about, about businesses getting priced out of L.A. neighborhoods. Are Andy Soch and others worried about displacement, too? Yes. The, the short answer is yes. I, I cover small business, and a lot of the owners I talk to in L.A. are very aware that they are vulnerable to displacement. And in a place like Boyle Heights, where Soch is, all it takes is for a developer to come in and buy a commercial building and raise rents to push these locally owned businesses out. So now there's this growing movement across the country, actually, to change how we think about businesses owning the spaces where they operate. I think it's important to sort of shift the narrative around commercial property ownership being foundational to entrepreneurship and to stabilizing businesses more broadly, that it's not just like something that rich people do. Willow Lung Aman is an urban planning researcher at the University of Maryland and the executive director of the Small Business Anti-Displacement Network. And she says when locals own businesses, they tend to care more about the neighborhood because, well, they live there. He or she is really invested in the neighborhood in a way that if you're getting a large commercial chain, a Starbucks, an Amazon, um, those the, the workers may be invested in the neighborhood, but the owners ultimately aren't. 
So Soch is a great example of someone who comes from the community, who really cares about their neighborhood. She grew up in Boyle Heights and is the child of entrepreneurs. Her parents worked as street vendors. Her dad was a taquero and her mom sold tortas at soccer games. So she really sees this act of owning commercial property along Cesar Chavez as a way to preserve her neighborhood and culture. I thought that if I opened up this business here, I would be contributing against gentrification, which is one of the main reasons why a lot of people have been displaced. Without these small businesses, we lose you know, our identity and essentially Boyle Heights will all will turn sadly into a gentrified, whitewashed neighborhood if we don't do anything about it. Megan, if, if having local people own businesses in a neighborhood is important, I mean, how do you do that? For most small businesses, it's pretty hard just to just to be an entrepreneur in the first place. Yes, you're exactly right, Steve. But the model to achieve this co-ownership is actually pretty simple. So this project called Community Owned Real Estate, they're based here in L.A., they bought the building where Soch rents now. It's this corner property, bright green, and it's a single story and has three commercial spaces. It used to be a smart and final grocery store, but after the renovations, it's home to Latinx with plants a candy store, and two nonprofits. And the idea is after the building loan is paid off in about five years, the program is going to offer tenants the opportunity to share ownership of the building on these favorable terms, which means there will be no sudden rent increases and no corporate tenants willing to pay much higher rent. And all the tenants I spoke with were really into this idea. One of those was Las Fotos Project. It's a nonprofit where teenage girls and other youths can learn photography. The executive director there is Lucia Torres. To be able to say both, I am on a path to ownership in a, in a place like this, and also I am spiritually, culturally, creatively inhabiting this space and owning this space and like taking up a space where our voices have historically been silenced is so super important. So, 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 so like important. So is this just one random building on Cesar Chavez? I mean, where is this experiment happening? There's actually five buildings that are part of this program, again, that's called Community-Owned Real Estate. There are two in Boyle Heights on Cesar Chavez, two in unincorporated East L.A., and one in El Sereno. And combined, these buildings have about 20 tenants. And uh, the program was started by three local nonprofits, and one of those is called Inclusive Action. The executive director over there is Rudy Espinoza, and he says when they invest resources in helping entrepreneurs like Lucia Torres, it's going to have a bigger impact than just helping this one entrepreneur. For her, we know that it's not only going to be about her, she's going to bring her whole community with her. You know, I would want to bet on the person that's not only going to grow a strong business, but they're also going to plant the seeds for other businesses and other entrepreneurs in our neighborhoods. And to be clear, the nonprofits involved in this project, they didn't make up this idea of community property ownership. So they were inspired by a movement in the housing space, um, which is this community land trust idea. It's something that's been tried out on residential properties in places like South L.A. Okay, so you're saying this group of nonprofits, as you say, they bought the properties and then they're going to help tenants buy in five years? Yep, you got it. 
So where did these nonprofits get the money to do this? I mean, we all know property in L.A., is so expensive. Yes, it is. But they used a tax credit in 2019 to buy these properties and also got some help uh, with a loan from another nonprofit lender called Genesis LA. And Espinoza says that they would like to see this model of co-ownership replicated across the region. But as you can guess, the biggest challenge is capital and the very competitive real estate market here. So how's this going in Boyle Heights then and, and in East L.A.? Is is everything on track, Megan, so that, that they'll be able to pay off their loans? Is it so far so good? Yeah, things look really good so far. Espinoza says they are on track to pay off the initial $5 million loan to buy the buildings. And tenants like Torres are just really thrilled to be able to do this because otherwise, you know, she's a nonprofit. She wouldn't have been able to afford this location. And plus, the stability it offers is really important. And there's also no fear of having them just kind of like pull the rug from out from under you and to say, oh, well, there's somebody who came in and just wants to buy the building. Sorry, you know, you're sure you're a nonprofit organization. I'm sure you're doing good, but, you know, sorry, so sad. <laughs> so but to be able to have a guarantee that you're, you know, uh, amongst friends is is great. Well, it seems for now, it seems like it, it is working out, and, and I'm, I'm glad you brought us the story. KCRW's Megan Jamerson covering business of Southern California. Megan, thank you. They managed to survive the worst of the pandemic, but now some restaurants fear it may be inflation that does them in. Restaurants are facing sky-high food prices and higher costs for labor, gas, and rent. NPR's Tovia Smith has more. Joseph Charles worked nonstop for years, saving every penny to open his own pizzeria, Rock City Pizza. Start packing up these pizzas. When the pandemic hit, Charles was relatively lucky being in the outskirts of Boston rather than the deserted downtown and managed to survive by hustling pizzas and subs out his takeout window. It was real tough, real trying times, but, you know, we did what we had to do, and fortunately we're here now. But unfortunately, facing even more trying times, Charles says. His sales over the last two years were about 75% of what they were pre-pandemic. Now, he says, they're about half as his clientele is reacting to price increases. It's harder to do business than it was in the pandemic. It is. You know, inflation is ridiculous right now. While everyone's feeling it, lower-priced restaurants like Charles's are in a particularly tight spot. Wholesale food costs are up 17 percent, according to federal statistics. Meantime, Charles's rent jumped about the same amount. He's paying his staff more than one and a half times what he did two years ago, and even more to his delivery guys as gas prices have spiked and he's covering some of the increase. Fridays and Saturdays, you know, I pay him before Three, four hundred dollars in labor right now is easily a thousand. It, it's you. You got to be creative to keep them. You really do. 
To compensate, Charles has been raising prices so often he stopped printing paper menus. But there's a limit, he says, to how much a place like his can pass on to customers. A large plain pizza is already 19 bucks. Add mushroom and onion, delivery and tax, and you're at 31 bucks and change before the tip for the delivery guy. At the end of the day, we still sell a pizza. We're not selling diamonds. And you have a ceiling to what you can charge the customer. And customers are paying attention. It used to be two for five, the pizza, two slight. Now it's like $7. It's up $2 more. Alexis Lee is still coming in for the lunch special, but she says other things she used to buy have become too much for her. I said, forget about it. Yeah. It's a lesson Charles learned the hard way, like when he had to raise prices on chicken and steak dishes and customers simply stopped buying them. It all left Charles thinking about having to shut down. It's scary times, and it makes you think, how long can we do this? Some 90,000 U.S. restaurants have closed down since the pandemic, according to the industry. Many who survived are now running on razor-thin margins. At the same time, Cornell University finance professor Steve Carvel says small, affordable places are also under more competitive pressure from low-priced big chains like Chipotle or Panera. Because they're larger, they have better supply chains, more consistent costs on their inputs. So, you know, it gives them more... Uh, leeway to maintain a profit margin. Recent surveys suggest dining out is one of the first things people would cut because of inflation. At a supermarket around the corner from Rock City Pizza, many shoppers say they've already traded eating out for more cooking at home. But yeah, for me, it's uh, seltzer water and ground turkey for the time being. Chris Puzaki says he's cut eating out from his usual three to four times a week to less than once, even saying no to his favorite chicken wing place. The first thing that came to mind was I can only imagine how expensive a plate of chicken wings is right now. So I skipped it. Go quickly. For now, Joseph Charles continues pushing pizzas out the door. And instead of raising prices anymore per pie, he says, you have to be creative, like charging 10 cents more per topping, hoping customers don't balk. He's doing everything he can think of to avoid having to surrender now to inflation after beating COVID. It's like you saw it, you won, but we're not done yet. And it's drastic enough to reevaluate your situation. Especially since COVID came with government stimulus checks and relief measures. For now, Charles says, he's got nothing of the sort. Tovia Smith, NPR News, Boston. White supremacy is the sickness. Summer is approaching and the West Jasper School District is still without a superintendent. Now this comes after several district employees expressed their concerns about Dr. Kenitra Easy. Now Easy is finally speaking out. She sat down with our Mia Monet to share her thoughts. March 3rd is a day Dr. Kenitra Easy says she never saw coming. After serving as the West Jasper superintendent for nine months, her job performance was questioned. So for four and a half hours, I sat through employees coming in one at a time to share things with the board that, in my opinion, were not board-related concerns. By the end of the special board meeting, Dr. Easy was put on a paid 30-day administrative leave pending a pre-termination hearing. The board indicated it wanted to investigate accusations of a hostile work environment. 
It's now May, and she's still on leave. It has been more than 60 calendar days. I've received nothing, nothing outlining specifically what evidence has been collected, what I have done that is truly worthy of termination. Since that night, many parents and students have held protests to bring her back. Dr. Easy believes the problem isn't about her job performance. What happened on March 3rd was racially motivated. The employees who had a concern with me were all of the same ethnic group. I was devastated. I was humiliated. And I really sought out prayer warriors, people who lifted me up and encouraged me. Every decision that I have made has been geared towards the best interest of children. WDAM has reached out to the West Jasper School Board's attorney and its members about the timeline of the investigation and what's next. We've been told they cannot speak on personnel matters. Despite all the problems, Easy says she still wants her job. People have asked me, would you really go back? I would go back in a heartbeat. I've done nothing wrong. And Mia, when you want to resolve an issue, you can sit across from someone who has approached you the wrong way, and you can still sincerely say, how do we fix this? How do we move forward? Reporting in West Jasper, I'm Mia Monet, WDAM, on your side. And we will continue to follow the West Jasper School District's decision as they move forward. Gusty Renegade in for another broadcast, hopefully to share constructive information on the system of white supremacy. Today's date, Friday, May 20th, 2022. So I have been told this is our weekly broadcast, Neutralizing Workplace Racism. Uh, We have any folks, non-white people anywhere in the known universe, if you have figured out uh, some strategies, techniques that you think would be beneficial to victims of racism, uh, help them make sure they are getting all of the adequate training, uh, that nobody makes up any lame excuses and goes and, and gets a whole lot of white people or folks of the same ethnicity to come and grouse and complain about your performance make accusations that you create a disruptive hostile unprofessional work environment you don't deal with any of that if anybody has anything to say about you hey Gus contributes to a professional safe work environment he is an asset and a joy to work with at all times We hope he's here forever. That's what they say about you. You get all of your raises. You get sparkling performance evaluations every time. Let us know how you did it. The number to dial 720-716-7300. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star six one if you would like to participate. The number again seven two zero seven one six seven three hundred. The code five six four nine four three pound. Press star six one 
if you would like to participate. The email untiljustice at gmail.com. Drop us a line if you have suggestions, either problem and or suggestions. If you would like to share and you don't want to be personally identified, uh, we can keep it anonymous and read your commentary for our listeners. Uh, that's it. That said, uh, before we get to the callers and email some of the audio segments that we heard at the beginning, let's see the first segment they were talking about uh, the absent or lack of software engineers. And some of this is, you know, hey, we've got this messed up immigration policy and we're just doing a terrible job and recruiting folks from folks from different parts of the world. And we've just tapped out metaphor we've just we've tapped out of all of the sources domestically and you know Canada's doing a much better job and this is one of those where like really you can't train more software engineers here even once you get the folks here you can't set up programs and train folks and scholarships and all the right you had all these people sitting around twiddling their thumbs uh, for two years now two years plus watching what was it the tiger king and all this other nonsense lots of killing basically it could have been training engineers and stuff paid people giving out scholarships you can't do that like really train people for all kinds of other things you can't train folks for that hmm uh let's see next where they talked about really the same thing where they were saying uh, with the tech industry that they're having I guess folks white people are not investing uh, and that this is causing lots of ripple effects throughout the tech industry I think they had the reports about uh, Netflix for the first time reporting you know a loss in subscribe all those folks watching television streaming for the past uh, two plus years and Google advertising rates taking a hit and everything else, all the trouble with Facebook and could have blamed some of that on Peyton Gendron. He didn't help uh, things for this past week either. Uh, All of that uh, to say, I'm not sure they might just use that as another excuse uh, for not hiring, training, retaining black people. Uh, I am pretty sure white people, even if they do get transferred and all the rest of it, both of those together I don't see black people any change to the status quo what it's been forever as long as I can remember Silicon Valley and beyond not hiring black people whether they say it's a general shutdown in hiring or you're just not trained or we don't have software engineers or whatever the reason no negras Uh, let's see the next segment now they talked about LA now I thought that was uh, interesting for a couple reasons uh, they spoke with Miss Esposita I think that was how she pronounced her name uh, where they talked about fighting against gentrification not for prop war, not for residential property owners commercial property owners and I really generally don't care uh, a gentrification talked about with regards to non-white business owners being priced out of their location but certainly you know that would be a problem as well in the system of white supremacy I guess I've not heard it or maybe I've not paid as much attention to it because you don't have as many black entrepreneurs and I don't think they spoke to any individuals who would be assigned to the black racial uh, category in that segment they had some non-white people but not 
black, which I thought was important because so many black people, SMA talked about View Park. That's right down in Southern California. And they're having huge reports on gentrification, racial dislocation in View Park in Southern California. So they could do these types of programs if these are non-white people Miss Esposita and some of the other folks that they were talking about uh, in East LA they could do these programs where they can become partial owners of the property great awesome that way they don't have those crazy rent spikes uh, that they were talking about but I'm sure they could have done these types of programs for non-white people even to get a foot in the door get over some of the capital problems that they were talking about and then, hey, make sure that you don't get pri- priced out. And yeah, you can be an entrepreneur. Own, you know, a little two feet of something, you know. Maybe they don't do those type of programs with black people. And while I was listening to that, because it was female, 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 uh, I did not hear any black people. in the first three reports talking about Silicon Valley, tech industry, uh, gentrification for business owners in Southern California. I did not hear any black people, certainly no black males. I thought that was important because I've heard so many of these programs where they'll be talking about combating racism and we want to help entrepreneurs or whatever. You want to help people get into certain fields. Very rarely will these programs focus on or even include even mention black males. Sometimes they don't mention black people at all. But I did just see that report talking about we need to get more aviators, non-white aviators and was aviators, female aviators was the focus. Again, that was another one. No black males at all. No, I got my pilot's license. Don't you retired firefighter victim in New Jersey? Oh, five, two, six of the black males. You all got pilot's licenses, right? Next, uh, they talked. We did hear Finally, black male Joseph Charles, Boston, Massachusetts, reminded me of Charles uh, Stewart, killed his white pregnant wife, blamed a black dude like Joseph Charles. Uh, But he's slinging pizza and talking about, hey, you know, I beat COVID, which I thought was odd because I was like, is COVID? Is that over? I thought they were still talking about, you know, a new wave and different variants and all the rest. So I'm not even sure that that is like done, but you know whatever for sake of argument he said you know we beat COVID and now all this inflation and everything else those two reports also great illustrations of if you are classified as black non-white really just because you are so-called self-employed does not mean you won't have to deal with racism it just means you'll have different obstacles whether it's they're coming to gentrify and now the property is too expensive or whatever else Mr. Uh, Carlos and inflation and all the rest of it individuals classified as white control all of the important parameters with regards to your the success of your business whatever it happens to be anywhere in the known universe unless I'm mistaken Uh, Let's see the segment. Dr. Easy, no superintendent in West Jasper. And this whole little tacky thing has gone on for six months. I mean, hey, due process. Is this what happens? Folks come in and make some sort of uh, accusation, you know, that you're being hostile and unruly and all the rest of it. Six months. That's how long it takes, you know, to adjudicate, figure out. Did you do this? Is this a false charge? What are we going to do? And six months without 
a superintendent. Now, is that the best way to operate a school? What is that? That moron, he says, white people do not care about children. I take that as kind of a soft example, but I mean, six months with no superintendent? Now, they didn't ask Hey, I know a lot of times we've been conditioned for centuries. You don't say white people. You don't talk about white people. You whisper, if at all. We got lots of creative ways to not say individuals classified as white. I mean, lots and lots and lots. And people invest more time and energy to get away from saying people classified as white. That is the problem. So they said all these folks came to make these charges against Dr. Easy, all of the same ethnicity. Now, hey, they could have all been Nigerians. Adas folks might say that, right? Got these Caribbeans came over here. Bob Marley and Sidney Poitier come over here impersonating us. Maybe that was it. Italians? New Zealanders? I don't know. It sounded like the sort of thing that I would expect from a racist. It would have been way more precise, more accurate. Make it plain. Minister Malcolm was born this week, right? Make it plain. Are we talking about white people? Oh, okay. Got it. So they came in and made all these false charges. Dr. Easy is hostile and rude and her fingernails are dirty and she should be fired right now. And then bring 50 people. I wonder now, you want to talk about Voltron effect. How did they coordinate that? Might be another teaspoon of unjust networking, right? Black educators, whoopee. And, and the school year is about to be done. Like, really? We went a whole school year, good chunk of it, and didn't even finish this problem. Maybe we'll get to that over the summer. Doesn't get any better than tacky. And again, now that's a soft one. Total disregard for children. Is that the best way to operate a school? Not to have a superintendent for basically the whole academic year? Anywho, and in the middle of a health pandemic, no less. Indeed. Uh, Let's see. I'll do one email and then we will nab the callers. Star 6-1 again for folks if you have uh, thoughts, observations to share what is happening in your workplace, including including COVID-19. Now, uh, first person uh, wrote in. All right. First person wrote in uh, greetings. Uh, I am a black male victim of racism, white supremacy. Maybe he has a pilot's license. I recently started a job at a new plantation and there is a maintenance worker suspected racist who has asked me on two separate occasions whether I like the new job or not my response has been I'm still learning bravo I was curious to know if there were other codified responses that I may use for this type of question thank you great now he said it's a custodial worker again I'm of the opinion hey racists are racists I don't care if it's the custodial worker uh, the CEO your direct manager uh, appear at the same level so-called whatever uh, white person is a white person on the job 
So I'm not going to, he's the custodian. Even if I'm the VP of the company, I'm not going to, I'm going to, ah, shut up. Get out of the way. Don't ask me any questions. Mop the floor. You missed a spot, in fact. Shut up and get over there. Whatever. Like, I have no idea. Might be the CEO's cousin. In fact, we talked about sometimes white people, they do experiments. Might be the CEO dressed up in a custodial worker's outfit try and run something see so then they can come back and say you were rude to the other staff we value everyone here we heard how you talked to Willie that's what I think so whatever now he's coming in hey how do you like the new job I love that hey I'm still learning I don't I haven't even learned everything about the job so I'm just trying to make sure I learn everything that I need so that I can hold on to it and then I would pivot out immediately to asking him a question this isn't going to be some 30 minutes where I go over everything that I've learned and the pros and cons and compare it to the past job. Probably just some nosy racing. That's everybody from the CEO to the janitor. So I would keep it very short. I th- still learning. Seems all right. Still learning. Keep it short. I think exactly what you said works uh, because that doesn't invite a whole lot of, you know, discussion. And oh, really? You said what about her? And oh, you talked to this like it's vague enough. You answered this question and it's so imprecise that it's difficult to pivot to an immediate question. And, and I said I would even I would answer and pivot or answer and just keep walking. Have a good day, Bill or Todd or whatever his name is and keep it moving. But I would just red flag nosy white man gonna make sure that I have very limited conversation with this guy you speak keep it moving part of my nonverbals would be I don't stop I don't even break stride if I catch him in the hallway or something like that I keep walking in a hurry got things to do meeting to get to deadline to meet don't have time to chit chat building my reputation as someone who does not sit around and just chat idly in the workplace serious about business speaks to everybody courteous as can be but about business doesn't sit around and talk about oh man don't you miss old Russell Wilson trading him to the Broncos what are we going to do doesn't do any of that Uh, folks have thoughts what they would say to this white custodial worker how you would respond to all of that, keeping it limited and vague. Feel free to share. Um, yeah, I love the still learning. I think that's one you can stick with for the long, because that'll be true the entire time that you work that job, even if you're there for the next 50 years, you'll still be learning. Anywho, so the email again is untiljustice at gmail.com. The number 720-716-7300. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Certainly, you should be first one with a hand up if you have suggestions. You don't have these sort of problems. No workplace racism. Uh, And always, we are open do our best to try to offer constructive logical counter racist suggestions to help you solve problems in the workplace without creating new problems Uh, incidentally with everything that happened this week in Buffalo again I would not discuss anything about those events in the workplace 
white people want to talk listen take notes I would not utter a syllable that's another one where you can invoke the still learning tragic I'm still just trying to, to get all the details and or I don't discuss politics in the workplace either or but this is not the time even if you work with all black people where they have eight great grandparents all assigned to the black category and all born in the continental US even then I'm not talking about this event or any other current events in the workplace same thing I just said I want a reputation for being serious on task not talking about Russell Wilson not talking about Peyton Gendron either that's not what we're paid to do that's not on my you know duties and responsibilities what I get paid for the other component of all that even if you work with other non-white people like who knows you know what they're going to say how they're going to respond to all of this if you work in an environment with lots of folks you have no idea who's listening in everything is being recorded Alexa and videos and all the rest of it again I have never we were on the air during Dylan Storm Roof 2015 I didn't hear anybody call in email write in hey Gus you will never believe it I went in there telling them what I thought about Reverend Clementa Pinckney that no count scoundrel Dylan Roof can you believe they stopped and got him a hamburger I told all of them they didn't even know that they stopped and got Dylan Roof a hamburger I told, I told my boss gave me a raise I never heard that from anyone not one person any of the other we've had tons of them there's not been one time in my life personally off the air where I can think of a non-white person anybody classified as not white chose to give some sort of extemporaneous exchange George Floyd Breonna Taylor you picked the event Tamir Rice I've never heard where it got them anything I've heard many many times where it caused problems we already got enough of those so if you're having a difficult time this is bothering you which has been the case for many folks take some time this is a great one get some air you can take a walk call if you have uh, attempted care made or attempted family members that you can you know take 10 minutes and just call and kind of get some support get some deep breaths drink some water sit yourself down in a calm place till you can you know get it back together but under no circumstances would I be talking about any of this with co even if they ask as I said wow it's a tragedy I'm still just trying to learn all the details leave it at that that might even be too much but that would be the most I had to say and again Emmy hey it always works I don't discuss politics in the workplace if folks have had to deal with that let us know and please make a liar of Gus T if you have opened up your mouth in a workplace setting volunteered your views on any current events President Trump President Obama baby formula shortage anything (laughs) and you gotta race something constructive you got a gas card anything let us know that'll be the first time 
Let's see. Uh, get to the switchboard. Not sure if folks are spectating. If you are not having any of these issues in the workplace, then definitely write down what you are doing to keep race soldiers from harassing you in the workplace because we need to copy that like immediately. Uh, let's see. Oh, there's one. Uh, our caller, 2262-2262, should be with us. Uh, Jeff, commentary, sir. Uh, Jeff, commentary. Uh, yes, sir. Um, thank you for taking my call, Gus. Um, I just wanted to um, also confirm what you were talking about, um, about the idea of bringing up anything other than the job in the workplace. Uh, I think I've said before on, on this platform that that has not worked out for me at all. And I think that has um, hindered me in my progress at this uh, current um, work site. Uh, I believe I, I uh, gave the event about the uh, Filipino guy who asked me a question about the kneeling football players. And, uh, and yeah, yeah, that didn't turn out well for me. Um, I don't think so, so far. Um, I wanted to add to the, um, I guess, the report about Boyle Heights um, in that area. I remember some years back that um, non-white black people were having troubles with the um, local gangs in that area. As far as living, they were being firebombed. There's a report about in the LA Times. So I just want to bring that um, to the um, listeners' attention that that, that area has um, intentionally allowed um, acts of white supremacy against uh, black homeowners, firebombing them out of their homes to get them to leave. Um, uh, yeah, you could probably look this up on you know uh, latimes.com. Um, the report about the um, the superintendent in Jasper. Um, it's interesting because I thought we were having a shortage on teachers and a shortage on faculty. So for them to fire her, I mean, it's again, uh, it's insane. I mean, at, at this at this point. But that's all I got to say for now, Gus. Uh, thanks for taking my call, and I appreciate the cows. Much obliged, good sir. I do remember that. Um, the Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> that is a hornet's nest right there. My goodness. <laughs> like a uh, metaphor. I've never heard that. Like, man, I got the talking about old Super Bowl quarterback Colin Kaepernick, and they gave me a promotion. Can you believe it? <laughs> like, I've never heard that one. <laughs> Even with other uh, black people, other victims of racism. Anywho, uh, and then that's what I said. Like, man. I'm not, you know, knocking the program. If they are going to help individuals who are not white, if they're going to help them with the business or whatever, that's great. They could have done this for black people. Boyle Heights, like all of that sounded somewhat familiar. My memory is not spectacular. Uh, The report or him talking about the firebombing, I just clicked. Now, you know how Google, they will do the... uh, Autocomplete if you do a search. So if you put in like Obama, it'll be like monkey or Negro. So I went Boyle Heights. That was one of the autocorrects. I believe one of the high ones was firebombing. One of the top 
uh, reports from the LA Times. Gang member gets prison for firebombing black families in Boyle Heights. They didn't say people of color, black and brown. A gang member who helped carry out racially motivated attacks on black families living in a Los Angeles housing project was sentenced Monday to 13 years in federal prison for the 2014 crime. Jose Cicado, 25, received the punishment after pleading guilty last year to several felonies stemming from the nighttime attack in which he and several other members of the Big Hazard Street Gang threw crudely made explosives into apartments where black families slept. They have a picture of a pregnant black mother holding a child, if I had to guess, maybe four pregnant black mother holding a four-year-old black child, Boyle Heights. I don't know if they got uh, an entrepreneurial program for them. Anywho, that's why we do the compensatory call-in. Checking the news is important. Uh, Let's see. While folks are uh, spectating or getting their thoughts together, I will nab uh, some of our other emails until justice at gmail.com and again uh, for the folks who uh, are listening and I said live or archived what is going on with like they were talking in the clip we defeated COVID like past tense like really like is that is that the sentiment like that was in Boston so is that nationally like the way people are, are talking thinking behaving that oh yeah that COVID that's old you know that's old hat man that went out with Obama like really hmm Alrighty. Uh, but yes, let, how are they behaving around COVID-19 in the workplace? How are you behaving? Are people over it? Are they still taking it seriously? You know, what's, what's going on with that? I would like to know. I think that's important to know. Uh, let's see other emails while folks are spectating, getting their uh, thoughts together. Let's see. All right. So this is our female victim of racism. She has written in several times over the past few months or so uh, talking about her workplace where she has a white female supervisor who's attempting to sabotage her. Uh, This victim, black female, she also supervises a non-white female, black female. And she's talked about how the white woman is using this other black female to spy on and sabotage her and how she's trying to neutralize them both without, you know, attacking this other victim or even forgetting the fact that this is her assignment. This is her job really to come in and, you know, malign her for this white woman. Uh, so this week's update, uh, I believe it was vegan RD who gave the hair and clothing advice, not me. Oh, I might've made a, a mistake on that one. My fault didn't mean to incorrectly attribute. Uh, you were, one point in your analysis of the issues I'm dealing with the non-white female and my manager via the non-white female have been bullying me however there's nothing soft about it and yes the comment from the non-white female my racist manager that I am very formal writing things down was an attempted put down they do that that's why I said like you that's just black self-respect you don't have to say anything snarky back to them or what have you that's one where I said hey you can just go with the are we not allowed to write things down is that is that not acceptable here to write things down <laughs> and that's one you for sure 
right down. <laughs> Immediately, like, I was told, date, time, boom, 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 all that. But, you know, that's, I seriously doubt that that's going to happen too many times and probably will be corrected immediately. Uh, whatever idiot does say, yeah, absolutely, you don't write down anything ever on this job. Who told you that? Like, oh, my God. <laughs> Anywho, uh, just like the so-called microaggressions, the soft bullying is really straight racism and anti-blackness and the effect is harmful on both counts this week has been jam-packed more of the same and i'm glad it's the weekend amen documentation is the name of the game i did slip up a couple of times on my new code of sending emails to the non-white female every time she calls me asking for extra advice but I will get better. I've also introduced a spreadsheet to track her work, which I've sent to the non-white female and my manager. All three of us are required to complete it on a weekly basis and add comments against each task. I introduced this new system for several reasons. One, my manager likes to avoid putting things in writing. <laughs> oh, that's right. She told us about this. She was supposed to conduct uh, an evaluation, which is super important. Can't emphasize that enough. This seems to be a major pattern that we've talked about over years on workplace racism, where uh, you let's say you start a job. Many folks, you start a new job. You have your probationary period or whatever it is. You're supposed to get some sort of evaluation after it could be 90 days, 60 days, whatever, six months, just depends. Uh, but in many instances, the white supervisor, manager, person that's responsible for this, they aren't doing those reviews or they're not doing them in a timely manager manner like Dr. Easy, six months and I'm still waiting, twiddling my thumbs. What's going on? Those evaluations are important because if you do have any deficiencies and every we're all still learning this is a new job we may not have trained you correctly which is another pattern that we've talked about this evaluation is the time where we can make you aware these are the problems get them corrected that way you can be great next time your evaluation comes you see the improvements bang employee we want to keep when you don't get all that, it's difficult to make improvements. Difficult, even if you're doing great work, you don't get the feedback, so you don't know. Lots of ways where it's harmful for you, when, and this seems to be typical, either not doing the evaluations. She talked about last week, she didn't want to write down anything. She said she made the comment in the uh, some some goofy like Snapchat or whatever, where it disappears after 30 minutes. So there's no record of what she had to say on the evaluation. Like what? Continuing. So she made the spreadsheet. Now they all have to comment. Brilliant. Uh, All three of us are required to complete it on a weekly basis and add our comments against against each task. So she gives her reasons. My manager likes to avoid putting things in writing Two, the non-white female had the audacity to announce in a team meeting that she didn't have any work to do before discussing it with me. It was not true. She just doesn't keep track of her work. Uh, uh, that is one right there. 
I'm at the beach. I had my sunglasses on. I had to take my glasses off for that one. Like, whew, I'm going to have to uh, pause for the sound effect on this one. Give me, uh, give me a moment. Let me do it correctly here. Even though this one, I guess you could. Uh, Black brother. Black brother of hell. You could put sister in there. If anybody finds one that is equivalent, uh, Black sister, we'll play that too. I just, I can't think of one. If anybody has heard that one, share until justice at gmail.com. It is so critically important. I just said before with uh, the Buffalo situation, I wouldn't, even if I worked with all black people and I've worked in environments like that, where it was all black people, even then <laughs> I'm not coming to chat. Oh, and what did you think? Anti-blackness is enormous and black self-respect it has been annihilated when you go on these jobs it's so important we don't go there thinking oh this is my sister this is my black brother and all that (laughs) victim of racism that's about it they might have an assignment to maul and sabotage me coming into a meeting public meeting with everyone there I don't even have any work to do because I don't even get an assignment (laughs) what who was who was your manager oh shiftless negro you're not even giving it like what what and then it's not true oh my that sort of thing that's why I think it's so important because you can't get upset you can even get upset in the meeting and coon what do you mean you don't have any work to do you know how many times this coon has called me and had to repeat you could do that you can wait till the meeting is over grab her by the ear let me talk to you for a second have her what do you think you you could try that one in my view the most logical way to proceed this person has been victim of white supremacy I've already concluded this person seems like they're on an assignment from a racist white woman to undermine me even though I'm her supervisor going to keep that in mind that doesn't mean she's my homie she is not my sister I'm not giving her black power salutes or anything of the sort but I'm going to remember that in fact she may have been assigned and when we get this meeting you go in there and tell them I don't even have any work to do you don't even give me any assignments in a timely manner yeah just get up and say that wait till about 20 minutes in get up and say that. that could have happened directly or indirectly in my view, this, the spreadsheet, you do have assignments. We will now make sure we'll have our record. These are your tasks. This is when they're due. Supervisor knows, you know, we can all check in and see where you are. What is due? Brilliant. Solving problems without creating new problems and I think so important not getting emotional even not being surprised about this sort of thing because I seriously doubt our listener who wrote this commentary if she was classified as white I see even if she had been messing up neglecting to give her assignments in a timely manner I seriously doubt she would have hopped up in the middle of a meeting to indict her like my supervisor doesn't even give me my work y'all He's running around here and messing around on Netflix or doing whatever else she's doing. It's a disgrace. <laughs> like what? 
much less it's not even true like oh woo, woo, thank god the weekend is here indeed uh okay she continues let's see number three why we have the spreadsheet my manager allocates work that she doesn't discuss with me then expects me to give feedback Four, my manager likes to keep her hands clean and five which is back to number one neither of them like having things written down the black female claimed to be thankful pleased with the new system then told me everyone in the team should be using it meaning me not just her more of her sass <laughs> again now would she because we've we've talked about this for years and I mean like there wasn't even a workplace racism and we talked about this in fact uh, the late Carter G. Woodson we have audio of him talking about this like for centuries uh, black people being sassy with a black supervisor all you have to do is bring in one white person who it could be the white janitor no more sass mouth black self-respect annihilated and again you have to expect this very important keeping your composure so that you know what did you say coon who are you talking to what you victim of racism again that does not make us best friends homies sisters none of the above just I understand what's happening here and white people are most to blame even for her tacky anti-black comment uh, behavior Uh, let's see Uh, so everybody should be using the spreadsheet she says that's a good idea but this tracker is so that I can track her work specifically and ensure she gets feedback my manager did not respond but told me verbally in a meeting with another manager that she would be stepping back from being so hands on in about six weeks we'll see the irony is we've moved from the non-white female telling me she does not need me to send her emails summarizing the actions from our meetings to now claiming I do not give her feedback and wanting me to write detailed notes feedback on her work I'm sure this was a scheme they concocted between them to give the impression I did not support the non-white female talked about that before it also follows the several weeks of back and forth discussions on what should be included in the formal write-up from her performance review which which became quite hostile due to racist interference from my manager she was clearly in the background advising the non-white female they do that sort of thing all the time sometimes they don't even verbally communicate it'll be non-verbally that they'll be controlled we our conditioning has been conditioned for centuries uh, the sad part is the non-white female claims the role that she is in a promotion solidifies the level she has been working at for years she has senior in her job title 
no senior person should require her manager to write her detailed instructions deluded that happens to a lot of us with titles where they you know put something lead supervisor manager senior the masters are still racist man racist woman racist child and frequently when we get those titles it just means we can be sassy with other black people like uh the showing off Ooh. anyway uh the only reason these issues came up is because she fell for the manager's bait and is happy to be used to undermine me i did not raise any issues about her capability and was trying to be supportive now that right there can be really challenging but I think that is I think that's the logical the constructive way to go uh, I'm going to do my best uh, if it's another person classified as black uh, to not attack this person uh, as best I can to be supportive in a workplace context and to minimize conflict uh, with this victim of white supremacy but that can be very very challenging it's also clear that the non-white female is forwarding my emails to my racist manager on several occasions I have received emails from my manager within half an hour of any note sent to the non-white female which relates to issues covered in my note to the non-white female my assumption was proven out when the non-white female mistakenly copied my manager into her response to an email I asked her to ensure I reviewed her work before she forwarded. I am her manager after all. Allegedly, there you go. Clearly, she intended to blind copy my manager and this has been happening for a while. That might be, uh, what does he call it? Uh, unjust networking. And this is another one why I've said it for years. Anything in the workplace, if it's a text uh, you're talking verbally, email, phone conversation, any form of communication, whatever you're saying, I am comfortable with everybody in the organization hearing this, seeing this, reading this, all of the above, like forever. If that's not the case, don't write it, don't say it, like pfft, have to do a lot of editing because this is very common in pretty much all of the workplaces doesn't matter what type of field you're in uh, let's see uh, okay Oop, lost my place uh, da, da, da. okay I took my manager out of the email response to the non-white female and asked her why she copied in my manager that was over a week ago and still no response but my manager sent a separate email thanking the non-white female for the speedy response claiming what she did was excellent interesting as she declined to give feedback for her performance appraisal <laughs> I guess that was her that was her appraisal right there like you did a great job great job undermining that nigger outstanding uh, my manager also stated that she was happy to be copied into emails Remember, I took her off the email when I queried this with the non-white female. 
At this point, my manager was directly undermining me and signaling to the non-white female that she can behave as she wants. Again, that is so important. Now, we talked about this with uh, Bay Area Mom classroom setting. I said this happens directly, indirectly. Sometimes they would just say this no count worthless nigra. You don't need to listen to them. They're not in charge. Blah, blah, blah. Other times. It can just be nonverbals, their body language, how they look at you, the tone that they use when they talk to and or about you, whether you're present or not. Lots of ways, especially for white people, because they already have a Ph.D. understanding of white supremacy, racism. It doesn't take a whole lot for them. They already got their codes and all that stuff together, and they're doing all this unjust networking. So it doesn't take a whole lot for them to pick up like oh I got okay Mm -hmm. that's what mm, got it okay got it got it Mm -hmm. non-white people same thing our self-respect has been annihilated so it doesn't take much at all all they have to do is hear a few of these jokes the way that they talk about you when you're not here oh please I hear that white people don't like you you are for sure a worthless negro now Why we got to solve this problem immediately? Uh, she continues. Uh, so I emailed my manager and asked her to clarify reporting lines and my role, particularly in terms of reviewing and signing off the non-white females work. Several hours passed. Then I got a vague response, which was left which left me the non none the wiser and open to much confusion, the desired effect. So I thanked her in my email response and stated I was still unclear. So a better solution would be for her to explicitly state when I should sign review the non-white females work. She has started doing this, but I decided to introduce the tracker to be totally transparent. Who should have a problem with transparency? Only those who are about deception, chicanery. The other irony is that during the performance review, the non-white female gave me an Oscar worthy performance, claiming that I can trust her, that I can trust her, that she was glad to have a black manager, that she will work hard for me and work late. She spends the day gossiping so I don't give her opportunities to accrue lots of flex and that if I ever forgot to do something, she will cover me, etc. I gave no response, but thought to myself, these are all the ways in which I can expect you to undermine me if I was ever foolish enough to listen. It was after this that she slipped up by not blind copying my manager to her response to my email. And after that, I introduced the tracker to cover the non-white females workload. I think you said you would run to the hills the next time someone calls you brother. I have a feeling you are a lot taller than I, but I bet I beat you to the top of that hill, buddy. Track shoes laced like not sister. Like I said, if anybody can find one where it's, you know, black sister, which give it to me, I will include that one. 
Same thing, like all of that is a bunch of rubbish. In the workplace, united, independent. It is very sad, but that's the system that we have. Whites are to blame for all of this. Keeping your composure, I think, is so important as well. Um, just not, and it's, I mean, it's so much easier to sit back and say this sitting at the beach in the sometime, uh, in the sunshine, as opposed to actually dealing with it every day. And I mean, being humiliated in front of a meeting by someone who's not even being truthful. Like, I guess it would be a little bit different if you were slacking and not giving out assignments in a timely manner, weren't being precise with the you know instructions for how the task is to be completed when it's doing all the rest but if all of that is a lie and have someone hop up and I just want to take this moment to uh, point out that my manager is a no count shiftless coon thank you and god bless like man that what did I just say take a break 10 minutes get your breaths some water Remember Dr. Welsing, how I treat other black people. And then you come up with the spreadsheet. But yeah, that takes a lot of patience. And I think it can at least it can help when you come in. This is what I expect. I don't expect, you know, Kumbaya and my black brother and them to come in. And we're going to be friends and counter racist tag team partners that, you know, would be nice if that happened, but that's not what I expect. I expect to be undermined, sabotaged by a confused victim of white supremacy who's in a weak position, just like me. Much obliged for sharing. Uh, the email is untiljustice at gmail.com. The number is 720 <clears throat> The code five six four nine four three pound press star six one if you would like to participate uh, again if we have folks if you have uh, updates on covid nineteen uh, just how are people behaving in the workplace are they taking it serious are they done with them <laughs> like that's old news and you know behaving like they were in two thousand nineteen uh, as well as did anyone were they questioned about what happened in Buffalo uh, were you able to evade or did you go ahead and you know volunteer your thoughts on on the matter you can certainly let us know how that worked out if you got like the employee parking spot of the month uh, or any other uh, constructive goodies happened as a result of your uh, dialogue uh, then you can let us know that as well uh, let's see star six one for folks who chimed in with uh, thoughts to share uh, Let's see. Folks are spectating, I reckon. Don't know if they are just not having problems in the workplace or are doing other constructive things with their Friday evening. Uh, Let's see. I see our caller in Florida and one other person. I don't know if you're on the Skype line or not, but both of you all should be with us if you have commentary. Can I be heard? Yes, sir. Uh, peaceful greetings. Um, just calling in. I, I just tuned in right now, so I'm just catching up. Uh, but I had something to report that recently happened in the in the workplace on the plantation. I 
I do a lot of I do I work from home right now, and there was a session on the uh, about the the mass shooting in Buffalo uh, held by the diversity department at my job. Um, I tuned in. I tuned in probably 15 minutes in. I, I was listening, uh, just just kind of observing. Uh, when usually usually at these things, there's not a lot of no, there's a lot of non-white people present. Not a lot of white people present, even though on my plantation it's primarily white people that are employed there. As as they're talking about the shooting, um, I I noticed a lot of racist suspects are talking. So what what I'm hearing them talk about is they are attempting to victimize the shooter, um, saying things <laughs> saying things like um, he didn't have anybody to turn to or talk to. Um, he could, he could be suffering from depression. Uh, this is a it shows a lack of mental health response or lack of resources with mental health. Um, someone even uh, blamed it on to- toxic masculinity. Um, I it, it, at that point I I, I I didn't know how to respond. Um, you know I I spoke a little bit. I mentioned producing a system of justice. I'm still trying to decide on whether or not it's constructive to speak about racism in the workplace. It seems like with these events, it's in, it's inviting it. So I'm still still learning through that. But that's I guess that's that's all I had to share, really. How interesting! Did uh, what was your sense of the response when you said you you did choose to speak up, and you said you talked about the production of a system of justice? How did they respond? Did you get a sense of of how they took that? Um, honestly, the the facilitator spoke. He responded to it. Um, the facilitator, I believe, is non-white. I think that's important to note. Um, to be honest, a lot of things were said. I I don't really um, know what he. I think he was talking about the. Um, what the space was meant for. Um, he didn't really, I don't think he commented directly on, you know, my, my statement about producing a system of justice. Um, some of the, the racist suspects who were speaking um, just kind of started talking about uh, gun gun control and, you know, um, people should be able to have guns. Um, I, I, I asked because <laughs> If we're talking about about gun control, what, what are the priorities? What should the priorities be? If people are being killed in mass, um, what what should people's priorities be, uh, or the so-called U.S. government? Uh, so to answer the question, no, I don't. Uh, that the general response was no response to producing a system of justice. Nobody commented on that. It um, just everybody kind of ignored that. <laughs> On this week, I love it. I love it. I think we should go about producing. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now he says, "Hey, we're talking about Buffalo and this horrible massacre." You know, closed the one grocery store that they had. 
in East Buffalo, apparently. Uh, now they got to struggle to even get food for the people who didn't get killed. Hey, how about let's produce justice so we don't have any more of this? Well, we'd like to move along, remind folks what the, what, what, what did they say was the, the purpose for this space? And was this Zoom or in person? Uh, this was this was done virtually. Uh, the the title of the space was mass shooting. Um, I can, if you give me one second, I could actually read the description. I don't want to take up too too much time. Um, Okay, I can't. I can't seem to find the email quickly enough. <laughs> Got the sound effect. How funny! Um, but it it, it was is about mass shooting. Is a space talking about mass shootings and basically how it how it made people feel. Um, that was what the what the session was about. So people were. I guess just talking about what what happened in Buffalo and how it it made them feel. How it made them feel. That is classic one. Not what should be done and addressing racism in a serious manner. How did you all feel about this? Feel like producing justice? Oh no, that's not what we not what we came for. Incidentally, just because of the, the number of times that I've seen these types of little tacky arrangements uh, and especially given what you said how they're talking about oh man poor Peyton he just needed a friend I bet I bet if he had some hot cocoa this wouldn't have happened he just we just got mental health issues you know he was a little depressed or bipolar and gun crawling all that nonsense you bring up justice yeah yeah we get back to mental health that why I wouldn't have anything to say in any of this. And I've seen where a non-white person, especially someone assigned to the black racial category, you stand up or he said it was virtual. You get, you know, your time on zoom or whatever, and you make your commentary and it's something even leaning towards logic, even just saying produce justice. White people know we are in the way of the production of justice even if they don't say anything, oh, we make note. Like, uh, I've seen that before where a non-white person says something and then sometime down the road, problems start popping up where they make like, hmm, got to keep an eye on that boy. That's why I'm a big, being that particularly these folks don't sound like they want to produce justice. They sound like they're sad about Peyton Gendron. Hmm. How it well not how interesting just hmm what does it mean to be white? Yeah, that's that's exactly how I how I felt like this this space was going, our so called space. Um, I found the the description to the the email that was sent out. If if I could read it, if you don't mind. Oh yeah, you put in all the effort. Let's hear it. Um, so the title of it was called Mass Shooting, Mass Worry. It says, Dear Community, this week's 
heart space will be dedicated to healing and reflection around mass shootings in the United States. As a nation, we are 19 weeks into the year and America has already experienced 198 mass shootings. When the stories of these shootings hit our news, news feeds and information spreads across the country, many of us are affected in ways we may struggle to articulate. We invite our community members to join us for this week's heart space to unearth the things we may or may not give ourselves permission to talk about elsewhere. And then a little disclaimer. It says, due to the sensitive nature of this topic, we remind folks to attend at your discretion. For those willing and able to attend, we welcome your thoughts, compassion, discussion around this ever-present issue in our lives. And then a little signature. So uh, that that was the uh, the attached to the invite. Um, so uh, definitely doesn't talk about you know, coming up with any solutions. The uh, talking. I didn't even hear white supremacy racism mentioned in President Biden uh, and uh, Governor Kathy Hochul. They both mentioned white supremacy racism, and I think have mentioned it repeatedly since all this happened. So that. That again, now I don't know. What do they normally talk about in this heart space? Like, what the last time, if you've been before, like, what what do you remember them talking about previously? Um, I I haven't attended a lot of them, um, but there's they're on different topics. It's always um, something different. Uh, the last the last one I'm looking at the title was the essence of trauma predictability. Um, so that it seems to be it seems to be on various things. Hmm. Okay. I didn't mean to get into all do they do you get paid for attending these sessions or is this Um it's during during work work hours, so yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I would I'd have to ponder like, do I have other things that I could be doing with my time? Unless unless I was going for like uh study purposes, like let me see, you know what my coworkers up to. And it sounds like they're just practicing racism. <laughs> like we're not talking about this event in a constructive manner and they get confusion. If it's any non-white people that are there, they say, Oh my goodness, I have such progressive white people. We had a, a heart space and we talked about Buffalo and all the pro- mental health and gun control and privilege. And Oh, it's just amazing. I felt so much better. And, this is such a great community. Like you'll come out with all the same confusion, not even think of them as a racist, unless you are more informed to begin with. And it's even standing like, man, they're not talking about justice. They're not even talking about racism. They're just wasting time practicing racism and sympathizing with a white supremacist killer, which is the same thing they did with Dylan Roof, Jeffrey Dahmer, Long list, long list. Uh, let's see. But again, that's why. Oh, I guess my last one I get in. Well, I guess you. I was going to ask if they gave a definition of racism, but it sounded like racism. I didn't even hear you. So I don't. Why would you need a definition of racism if you don't use the word? No need to ask. <laughs> um, again, I didn't hear him say that he got a raise. A flower basket, fruit basket, none of the above. Peanut M&M's, nothing. Starbucks card, nothing. 
I've never heard where a black person, non-white person, period, participating in any of these little tacky arrangements. And they might get a non-white person to come and facilitate it. As he said, I've seen that too. I've never seen anything constructive. Ask questions. Maybe if anything, I would take notes. If I have to attend at all, if I don't have to be here, I might have to even consider it might be something better. I can be doing with my time and energy than hanging out and twiddling my thumbs with you all. Tacky all the way. Uh, much obliged for sharing. Good, sir. Uh, the number again, seven, two, zero, seven, one, six, seven, three hundred. The code five, six, four. Nine four three pound press star six one if you would like to participate. Uh, was that did I miss someone? Thought I heard some. Oh, I did. Yes, was that someone? Yeah, I was just wondering if I if I was muted or not. Oh, okay. Yes, I, you had disappeared from the switchboard, but yes, I can uh, bang. All right, got you muted. Thank you kindly, sir. Um, yes, star six one. Other folks who have commentary uh, to get in the email again until justice at gmail dot com. Uh, and again, COVID nineteen uh, for folks. You can drop an email. Let me know what is happening. Are folks taking it serious? Are you taking it serious? If we have listeners that are like, you know, hey, man, we moved on, Gus, giving up two years of my life to the Rona. No more. <laughs> not doing the mask, not doing any of it. Done with the vaccine. Like, you know, hey, psh, that's that's 2020 stuff. It's New Year. Let us know, because that was not my impression that all this was done. And <laughs> we're moving forward like that's old news. Uh, let's see. We have our caller in Florida. Other folks, star six one. If you have commentary, may I be heard? There we go. Yes, sir. We can hear you. Call in Florida. Yes, sir. Thank you very much, sir. Greetings to Gus, the host, the listeners, and callers. Uh, I have some updates I'd like to share. Uh, My first one, um, I wanted to start out with, I guess it could be like under uh, a pest control thing or whatever, because, you know, the building we're in is so old. so it was an email that was sent to me. Uh, the racist suspect white woman, uh, the supervisor, she said that I had reported what I think had happened was a white woman that I spoke with said that I mentioned that I saw a mouse. I said, no. That's not accurate. I said I saw a large gray spider, so I don't know how um, they mixed a rodent with the, what, I don't know, it's called a arachnid or whatever, a spider. Uh, so I said it was a large gray spider. Oh, she was like, uh, uh, thanks, for, thanks for correcting me. 
you know, I wanted to mention that because you want to just be accurate. Um, cause you know, both can be some annoying critters or whatever, and they usually can be in the filing area. So I hadn't seen any rats, but I did see a large gray spider. Um, so yeah, I wanted to share that one and, you know, I guess they said they were going to get facilities on it or whatever, but you know, who knows what's going to happen with that. Um, my next one is. Uh, this is also unsanitary as well because we have, okay, so we take passport pictures and we use white sheets to show or to uh, compensate as a large uh, white background because, you know, a baby can't really lift their heads up and stuff. So it's for like the real small babies. And the black female was pointing out that, hey, like, we need to get these sheets replaced. Like, we need to get some replacement sheets because they're becoming dingy uh, and they're not presentable. Okay. And I thought they took care of this because I'm usually not the one, <laughs> I'm usually not the one taking baby pictures. It's usually maybe like an older toddler or whatever. And that's been an interesting thing, too. But I opened I opened the drawer, and the sheet has stains on it, right? Um, and the I get I'll just say they were uh, they they're non-white, non-black. So <laughs> she saw the stains. Like I said, oh no, I can't really use this. And the and the father was like, oh no, just just try just fold it on the other side. You know, he was more. I guess just trying to get the picture taken. So, you know, I was apologizing or whatever. And, you know, I was embarrassed about that, you know, because the white woman, the racist, with her usual um, approach is kind of like influenced by the warden, a white woman, where she was like, oh, well, you know, I can just take them home and wash them. But the older black female now, and and I had, I just remember to write this down. Uh, she said it looked like they were dry blood stains. So, and that, and I thought about that and I said, man, you know what? That is what that could have been. So, you know, I took the baby picture or whatever. And then I immediately, I took those sheets. I took it to my black female manager. And apparently just today, now this happened last week. I forgot to share that. Uh, so they're supposed to be ordering some, I guess, disposable white sheets or whatever that they use, kind of like what they use in the hospital. But I wanted to report that because it just shows the, um, uh, like how derelict our area, you know, they abandon us. It's, it's, you know, how they, they already put the, uh, dark skinned people over in this area. Like I said before, uh, and it is segregated in so many ways. And they can't even get us, <laughs> uh, you know, presentable like sheets because they want the sheets to be white for the background. So I wanted to share that because the white woman still said, oh, I'm still going to take them home and wash the sheets. So she had to go to the, the, the black female had to go to the white supervisor to uh, get them to 
order some sheets or go and buy some sheets. But I'm thinking, like, they got the Amazon option and all this stuff. Like, y'all got the money to buy this stuff. So they eventually finally did it. Um, but once again, just no value. And not only just, uh, you know, myself and the black staff, but the area and, and the down to the items, the sheets, the the desk tables, and anything that we are in proximity with. Uh, so that, and then I wanted to share, it's two emails. Um, one, now this is, this is just like, when I, when I seen this email come out, I thought, uh, like how you mentioned the, all of those, uh, stereotypes of the, the black male, the, the misandry, the, the black male rapist and things like that. There was a, um, there was an email that was sent out by the new HR. Now this is dated Tuesday, May 17th, the one fifty eight. Uh, it says, hi all, please be aware that there have been four or five police reports about a man in his twenties who has been following and exposing himself to women in the downtown area at the library behind city hall and around the courthouse. He often wears red basketball length shorts and sometimes carries a green backpack. This was brought to my attention by an employee who was followed yesterday after leaving the courthouse at 5:15 PM. Be alert. Please walk in groups to your vehicles, and if you see anything suspicious, please call the police. So that went out Tuesday, and then the very next day, they send this email out about RAD. Now, RAD, that's an acronym for Rape, Aggression, and Defense. So this is supposed to be some kind of course uh, that they were supposed to be coming out with and trying to promote employees and staff to go to. Now they already had the Alice training. So now this is rad, right? Now, right after this email goes out about a black male, you know, showing off his genitals, I guess. Um, and then, so I saw, uh, two police officers came in and then the white woman, she was like, Oh, if you see two people from the police station, just tell them, you know, she told the sheriff this, just, just tell them to come get me. So I see him come in there and I was wondering why they was coming to talk to her because she put in a, a police report about this person, whoever it is. And, and it was a handful of the white women bringing up this thing, but see, but what's interesting now, the black female, right? She said this white woman that brought about these two white officers. She said a white man followed her the first time she didn't report nothing. She didn't make no fuss. She just said it to her. Right. And now this black guy follows her. Oh, all of a sudden she wants to make a police report, but this email is worded as though this black male is causing all of this, but it was actually two white men that started all of this but they only wanted to send this email out in mass when this black guy in his twenties is doing this. So that's major deception. 
you know, because it's, it's saying that it's four or five police reports. But apparently it's two white men out here doing it the most. But the blame got put on the black guy. So, yeah, I wanted to share that. Um, and I had, like, two more points. Uh, this next one is there was a white woman that took the day off on Monday. Um, so I guess it has something to do with her trying to get into a new home and, you know, getting a loan and everything right, meeting with a realtor, all that kind of stuff. And now I done told them I don't share nothing about myself. They don't know hardly anything about me. You know, they know my mom, they work, she worked to the other courthouse. I get all of that, but like, they don't know anything like, so they just make assumptions. But anyways, a white woman comes in Tuesday morning and I'm sitting at the microfilm machine, microfish, looking at a tax roll. So she was heated, like, hey, you know, things didn't go well. All these people are coming up, hugging on me. Oh, I'm sorry. Things didn't go right. Things didn't go well about you signing off for the, the home or whatever. Um, and she's like, I don't want to hear any of that. Sorry is not going to get me into that home. <laughs> so she said, the my black female uh, assistant manager, because she's beneath the white woman, she called her at 506. She said the exact time. We get off at 5. She called her on, a, on the cell phone, I guess having to do with this house situation. And now the black female wasn't in the room. She was talking to us, saying that she called her, right? And after she said that she called her, she said, I didn't want to speak to anybody. I don't want to talk to nobody. But see, that's deception because that blonde, it's a blonde white woman that's uh, in a tragic arrangement with the black male. She, But they, they two talk to each other, okay? The two white women, they talk to each other. But she's saying she don't want to talk to anybody. So that's that's not as being deceitful, deceptive. So she was like, yeah, I don't, they shouldn't be sharing all of this information because she was still so mad and upset. So the black female is, is upset apparently a little bit later on saying that, oh, I'm not going to give anyone any power to get my blood pressure up. But she looked very frustrated because a little bit after that, she, you know, she went missing. Like she walked off um, and the white woman was looking for her and nobody could find her. And I ended up running into her going on to my lunch. And I just said, such and such is looking for you. So she just looked really bothered. I think the that white woman who like more than maybe like 30 something or whatever, way younger, went and made a report about her calling her phone and talking about her personal life. But see, she's talking to the white people about her personal life. So, you know, it's just a lot of racism being practiced and the, the victimization uh, is, is very high. Um, and that's pretty much all I had to share. And uh, thanks for allowing me to speak. Mm. Very sad. Um, again, you know, I just haven't seen benefits for talking about things that are 
not related to the workplace what happened in Buffalo housing situation you're going to move I just haven't seen where that benefits us um, I can't imagine I don't know this young lady she could have children you know where she's looking to get a house where it's not her she's looking to improve the situation for her whole attempted family and they're stressing about that and what are we going to do and blah 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 I mean who knows and to have all these folks at work oh my goodness I just want to hug now again I just said I thought it was COVID-19 like what whoa and we're in Florida like man I'm sure you know whatever like <laughs> he said he had folks on the job the woman's husband tested positive for COVID uh, four, four different times like whoa back up I don't want to handshake keep your distance uh, you can say whatever you need to say text works great I have a phone you can call me but all this that aside come in and oh let me rub on you and oh that's just terrible and exactly what she said like none of this is helping to get me in a house your neighbors aunt uncle nephew probably the folks who you know denied me whatever it was whatever the justification why I didn't get the house that's not helping me do anything and who wants to be on a job all day long in the segregated section and having the people come and pester and oh we just feel so bad and all the, like come on come on then calling after work oh I just want to check in with you mm. no chatting about personal details with any that I even say hey the individual is classified as black we don't need to be doing all this chit chat either because I mean that really to me that wouldn't make it any better the young lady who wrote in talking about this black female trying to sabotage her now imagine her coming oh I heard what happened with the house let me give you some sugar and like come on I'm not here this is not your support system. I think a lot of us, myself included, confused about racism, go into a work environment and think, oh, this is these going to be my friends and homies. These are people that I can go out with and chat it up about stuff. Wrong. These are your coworkers. You just have professional relationships with them. That doesn't mean we have to give each other cupcakes for our birthdays. We don't have to chat about our children our dating life or anything else like that's not this nature of this arrangement like they could be fired tomorrow you could be fired tomorrow you could both be fired like whew, thank goodness it's the weekend hopefully she will uh, I guess maybe at minimum this will be a learning experience like in the future I'm going to be a lot more discreet about what I share in the workplace great recommendation from Gus T the uh, I don't know the rat and the spider thing like that's why like one strive for accuracy I mean hey it, it might be totally different procedure to come in and do a spider eradication as opposed to a rat so strive for accuracy it's just even that like uh, I didn't say it was a rat like people a rat is real different than oh it was a spider I mean whoa what is going on? 
strive for accuracy. Um, the whole dingy she I mean, this is not McDonald's, you know, this is the court. And I mean, passport photos. That is like a big deal. Like I know people who they get all gussied up and, you know, put on their Sunday best, as they say, just for a driver's license picture. And that, you know, you only get that for like four years, five years, might lose that in between. You have to go get another one. Passport. That is for a decade. And I mean, that's this is my picture all over the world. I get that trip. We get to go to Fiji or you know, wherever get to go to Nigeria. What are you doing coming over here trying to mess over our ADOS folks and all the rest of it? This is the pick that I need, and we're gonna go and we got what is this? We got chocolate chip cookie stains on here, coffee, hot chocolate. What? Are you serious? Come on, man. And then we said something about this. Hey, this let's be professional. Same thing I keep saying, let's be professional. Nobody wants to come in and again. For the next decade, I got to have this picture. I go to Jerusalem. I go to France. I go to Libya. Whip this. What in the world? Do you see this? He got the hand on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got an extra, extra pat down. Extra. Come on. Oh, yeah, right. You're right. You're right. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. And then we still, he said, this looks like it could be bloodstains. What in the what? I just said we're in the middle of COVID children he said that repeatedly families come in it's summertime we haven't been able to travel for uh two years or whatever it is uh people are planning their summer you know whatever they're gonna do he said folks coming in with their little children or whatever what mother what parent wants to put their child up next to their blood-stained sheets so that they i mean come on That I mean, that's just disgraceful all the way through. And I mean, if that's the segregated area, that's what you think about us. We can't get, you know, adequate staffing. We talked about that. We're understaffed and you won't even hire anybody. We go and ask like, man, can we get all the folks that we need to run this area properly? Oh, yeah, we get around. Mm-hmm. Can't even get clean sheets like, okay. okay, you can you can come and pester me to put balloons in my office for nonsense. You can do that, but basic cleaning? You don't even want to come empty the recycling bin. I got it. I got it. Exactly what it means to be a victim, non-white. I got it, even at the courthouse. Uh, He says, uh, we've been abandoned back here. Um, Now, all of this the RAD program, they send out, you know, whatever, the email notification. Oh my God. Anthony Broadwater raping Negros out. Oh, what are we going to do? Now, we just heard yesterday in the book club, I have to keep saying this because, like, I'm amazed. The most important book we've read in the book club, this is more important than O.J. Simpson, I think, because everybody knows about O.J. Simpson. Nobody knows this week, this is the second time there was a white supremacist attack on black people at a tops in East Buffalo, New York. That was page one in the book club yesterday. Tops grocery, East side, Buffalo tops, grocery, black male, teenager 
Gerald Dunn, 14 years old, gunned down at Tops in East Buffalo, 1980. That hasn't been mentioned this week at all. I fell out on the floor. After we got off that page and they keep going, everything was Tops, 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 Tops. They employed off-duty police officer security. I said, man, didn't we just hear that this week? This happened again? After they got through all of that, in 1980, the white killer, it wasn't a one-day event. This went on for months, killing black people, black males specifically. We just started the book yesterday, Absolute Madness. There were witnesses to the first four killings. One of the white witnesses she saw a suspicious looking white guy at the time of one of these shootings. She forgot to tell the police about the white guy. She reported every crooked looking Negro male that was in the area. She forgot to tell them about the white guy. There was a different white witness Madonna Gurney that was her name Gertie I think I'm trying to I don't have the book in front of me it's not book club day second witness uh, Kevin Polson white man he saw a suspect told him there was a guy they said he was not the best witness reminded me of uh, Cato from OJ Simpson couldn't remember any details lame dude the police concluded this Kevin Polson guy seems like he does not want to identify a murder suspect as a white man. I said, dang, we got two different white witnesses who failed to identify a suspected white killer. It was the white killer Two in the same. T- we, we just started the book. I said, man, how often does this happen? White people see a white person committing a crime and then their memory gets bad. Oh, and he killed some. We're not talking about they stole the stapler. Killed the person. Oh, my memory is bad. Was it a white person? Oh, I don't know. He's racially ambiguous. His daughter. Yeah, I don't know. And then the other one, she just said she forgot. We got a, an exposed, might be a rapist, exposing himself outside. Alert, nigger male on the loose. Call the police. Walk in team. They did that before when they had problems. They said, walk in groups. Get the escorts and what have you. He would say, hey, I feel unsafe. Can I get eh, eh. White man. He gets the report that it was actually two white men out doing all this exposing and what have you, or at least it wasn't just this black male. We don't get all that for the white guys. Now, I mean, hey. If I'm at the courthouse, I don't want anybody exposing themselves to do it. And I don't care who it is. Let me give their tacky metaphor. What they say, I don't care if it's a white person, black person, polka dot person, a striped person, purple person. Nobody. Call the police right now. Send out the bulletin to everybody. It was a polka dot uh, fella. Penis out. Middle of Main Street. Chased us down like he should be under the jail right now. What? A white person exposing themselves? What? 
He said children come to the courthouse. We've heard that repeatedly. No thought, eh, maybe, maybe a child shouldn't see someone out exposed. Even a white man, yeah, I know we love white people, but even a child shouldn't have to look at a white man's penis. Like, let's, yeah, let's, let's go ahead and call that. Nah. I just said that 24 hours. I said, how often does this happen? White people see a white person committing a crime and eh, even if it's a white victim, eh, let him get away with this one. Apparently, this is pretty widespread. I said, we know the other side. OJ Simpson did it. Of course he did it. Wink, wink. We know the other side. You accuse black person always guilty. Might not have even been a black person out there exposing themselves. Who knows? The other side, the white criminal. And my memory is bad. I just don't. I just. What was it? I don't. I don't. I don't remember. You know, I'm feeling peaked and it's hot and had a teaspoon of the Rona. You know, he got the Rona four times. So I don't. I just can't remember. the courthouse again these are the folks they got a panic button right they supposed to be about justice hmm uh yeah the, the whole ugliness with the housing situation at the end I can only repeat uh and I don't know he said the line because apparently she has the 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 white friend uh cowbell I reckon and she chats it up with her and all the rest of it now some of that is is probably some self-deception and I think some of that is also a not grasping what it means to be white like I don't know if she is fully processing like so when I talk to my white friend with a black husband and I think this was saying white women whose whole family has all that anti-blackness when I tell her all my business am I thinking she's going to go and blab to all these other white people and probably some of the non-white people there too am I thinking that I don't think most of us think that way that this is our white friend she's got my back she's not going to tell all my business out in the street And you're a negra I'm just having fun telling negra business oh that no count negra got bad credit I knew she wasn't going to get that house (laughs) and then they oh we're so sorry You don't have friends in the even non-white friends. You don't have friends in the workplace. Mouth closed. He said they don't know anything about it. You know, mom works there and all that, but I don't do all that. You know, chatting it up, what we're doing. We moved here, got a new vehicle, taking these classes. None of that. I don't even talk about what I watch on television with them, what books I'm reading. Nothing. Talk about work-related events, material. That's it. We can't even get clean sheets. What do you mean talking about all this other nonsense? Ain't nothing. Clean sheets, man. Ain't nothing else to talk about. Does not get any better than tacky North Florida. That's what I would expect. Jesus, Lord, at the court. That is the worst thing ever. Like, man, come on. Like, I know people that would uh, real talk. I'm not doing anything touching the sheet until it's cleaned. How about that? It's totally unsanitary and ran, 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 whatever. If you want passport photos taken, if the sheet got to be used, you better have somebody else come else to do it because I'm not touching anything. 2022. That's disgraceful. Uh, much obliged caller in. Uh, but I said that, man, uh, safety. 
you have to be responsible. They will condition us that we will think that about ourselves that, yeah, we in the segregated area with some trash. Yeah, that's right. Oh, well, let's go ahead and get this old dirty sheet and put it up here to just condition to think that of ourselves. Like, no, no. We have some black self-respect and you all are going to get this sheet cleaned or whatever it is. You can get the display. You can't. They got Amazon deliveries for everything. Vegan marshmallows. They had the the weed infused gummy bears. and all. You can't get some tacky white sheets on Amazon. Come on. Come on. At minimum, you can't get bleach from the dollar store and take these sheets home and wash them. That's leisurely. You could throw that in and still do all your unjust networking while it's in the spin cycle. Come on. Tacky and unsafe. And that's another reason why I wouldn't eat anything from folks on the job. You can't even get the sheets clean. Let's see. Much obliged, caller in Florida. Uh, the number again, 720-716-7300. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Uh, see Bay Area Mom, previously mentioned. Uh, other folks, star six one if you have commentary until justice if you need to write in. Can I be heard? Yes, ma'am. Thank you for taking my call. Greetings to you and everyone on the line. Um, okay, so workplace racism. I, um, it's uh, a long week at the last week um, I go to several schools ah so the school with the white uh, teacher that uh, has the black teacher's assistant um, she said that uh, me and the black teacher assistant are the reason that she can't do her job um it could be a concussion because she got hit in the head three times, too. Uh, once with the ball and then the time when she was out because that breathing machine fell on her head. So she could, you know, it could be all the concussions. got to be something. And those negresses, they just stand back there and they, they talk and stuff. They talk to each other. And um, so now she literally, uh, if we're... Uh, and I always talk, you know, I don't talk like that, but I lean in and I just lean in. I'm only there twice a week. I need to know what's going on. I have five children that are on my caseload in this class. I have to know what's going on. I have to know what happened. Why is this, why is he kicking the chair? What happened before I came in class? What am I walking into? So usually, you know, I'm not worried. I don't do my job only in that class. So, so, but I have to do my job because if I didn't, I wouldn't be able to maintain order. So, uh, I come in with this little boy kicking and care he don't feel like, the one that we have to watch, the little Troy. Watch him. He's going to hit somebody. He's going to assault and attack somebody, him. 
So he came in on a bad note. And I got him to uh, stop doing whatever he was doing and just do the assignment real quick, turn it in, and you go back to doing what you're doing. So I got him to do that. And she went, thank you. Uh-huh, yeah. thought I wasn't doing my job. So anyway, when I talked with the lady, uh, I, have to, I leaned back to talk with the black assistant because I can get a feel for whatever's going on. Like she told me whatever was going on with him and there, everybody else. So she's just envious, uh, just the way we flow in the class, in the way it doesn't flow with her instructions. Um, so apparently she got a uh, notification this week that she would not be coming back to that school. Um, <clears throat> so she's sitting there crying at the lunchroom. And uh, so the, uh, she's talking to the black teacher assistant, talking about that, you know, I'm going to, uh, they're going to get rid of me. Or I'm going to be, after assault, uh, you know, I'm going to be getting unemployment soon because uh, uh, I don't, um, I don't know, um, I don't know what's happening, but I think they're saying that I can't come back. And, um, you know, I remember those those checks that uh, you get, because I used to be a, uh, a, you know, what she is, a teacher assistant, and um, yeah, I'm so glad I got this real job now because, you know, I... Uh, I, I could barely pay my bill. I couldn't even pay my bills with the check that you get. But the one that I get, I can pay my bills. But now I'm going to have to go to unemployment, and I'm not going to be able to pay my bills. So she said, well, you'll figure out something. I have to go. Um, let's just get through these next few weeks. So the lady, I guess she thought she was supposed to wipe the tears away. And what's wrong, Miss And It didn't happen like that. So she's been uh uh very complicated to deal with uh, every since, especially with the children. Um, she asked me, did I, uh, she said they were giving out flowers or something today and she would save me one and she would personally give me one. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not at the school, but I ended up being at the school anyway. So uh, she saved me a cupcake that she let the little girl, I'm sleepy. She let her play around in it, but that was mine. And I was like, please don't, please throw that away. So, um, I just noticed that uh, she's been real wicked ever since because she's not going to be there. She's really been even more wicked, especially with the children. And when we talk or if anybody's talking, the vice principal came in to talk to the uh, black teacher assistant. This lady stopped doing whatever she was doing to run over there. I've got to ask her something. She's about to fall, running to go outside to see what they're talking about so she can pretend as if she wants to ask the vice principal, something. She's going to pull her over there and make her come over there where she is and let her work and do deal with the kids while you're helping me. So uh, when I lean in and talk to her, what, what, what are you saying? What are you saying? So I just turn her out. I'll spin off on her like uh, gone with the wind. I just spin off. And um, so she'll ask her. Well, she's like, oh, no, I was just going to share with her what happened earlier with the kid, you know. And then so... When she comes over, I'm like, is it okay for you to share with me whatever you're going to share with me? Did you get permission? Is it okay? And so then uh, the lady, she can't hear, but she's killing herself to hear. When I saw her today, I didn't look at her, but she's looking at me. I'm at another class. And she didn't do anything but terrorize another young man. Um, fifth grader going to sixth grade made him cry and carry on because she's releasing all her tension out on anybody that she can because 
she's feeling betrayed. And um, just one more. So I have with the foster kid. So I remember um, talking about this foster kid that uh, they snatched out of school at the district that I work at and put them way in Contra Costa district with no school, just in a home. So uh, I got a call, an email on, um, no, it was a text message or a call, whatever it was. I was reading a message saying something about him not being in school. So this may have been Tuesday. So I called back the number and we kept missing each other. So, you know, Spanish male, he's answered the phone. Now I I, I had I'll say how he was verbally aggressive with this black lady when we were doing the Zoom meeting, just like really just hitting her brow, taking all the uh everything out on her for the reason why he was removed so abruptly without anybody knowing in the first place. So he just threw it all on her. It wasn't her fault. Whoever the social worker is, I don't know who she was. That's her fault. But they took it out on this black lady on the Zoom. So. I, I, his tone was similar. He came at me like I'm supposed to, I, like I'm responsible for this boy getting back and forth to school. So I said, um, he's like, yeah, you know, I got, I, you know, I sent you a message because, you know, he hasn't been going to school. I said, oh, okay. Well, yeah, you know, I was just wondering, you know, I said, well, he hasn't been going to school because you moved him. So that's why he hasn't been going to school. And you never, ever created any kind of plan with me for me to do anything with him. So that's why he ain't going to school because you didn't do what you had to do, put something together. Oh, well, uh, oh, well, uh, can you take him? I said, you said, you, I could, I, what I said is I could take, give him, if no one else can do anything else, I can give him a ride to school. You said, it was all kind of people that chimed in. You don't remember that somebody going to pick him up from the bar, show him how to bar. Somebody going to even catch the bar with him. I don't know how this is going to happen. They're going to catch the bar with him and ride back and show him the route. Remember all of that? So that's what you were supposed to put together. I haven't talked to you. Oh, well, um, yeah, um, I, um, you know, on Fridays, you know, I'm sorry, on your Fridays, I do this and this and this. And, yeah, you know, yeah, because, uh, yeah, because uh, in such and such, a she's supposed to do it. Uh, she's supposed to give him the bar. And I said, well, he told me, he told you, he he, he he's not catching no bar. He t- told you that already. Oh, yeah, I did talk to him. I said, so I don't understand how a teenager is telling you what he ain't going to do. I just don't understand. Well, you know, I mean, is it a way you can get them and take them and drop them off and pick them back up? I said, um, for me to do that, that I would be going out of my way. I said, what I can do is pick him up at home in the morning on my way to work and drop him off at school. I could do that for the rest of the year to make sure he gets whatever he needs done. I don't have a problem with that. But he can get on the bus back. However, y'all said y'all going to do it. All the ladies chimed in. Everybody's going to do all this stuff, lunch, all that, drink, breakfast, all that. Remember in the Zoom meeting? Well, yeah, I'm trying to reach such and such and such, and, you know, she's going to call me back in 30 minutes. I said, okay, we'll call me back in 30 minutes. So, so this week, if you don't call me back, I can, I'll do with him this week. After that, I don't know what you're going to do. Okay, so you say you have this week, you can do it, but not next week. No, not next week. No. Sorry, no. So put it together. Not next week. Um, okay. Well, we'll try to compensate you. Hey, if I can be compensated, that's wonderful. I'm letting you know I'm going out of my way 
And I'm only doing it because of the fact that he's in the system and this is how the system treats these children. Well, um, yeah, you know, I, on Fridays I work, I work at the suicide and whatever he was saying, whatever he was saying, it, it didn't help me because you're not going to pick him up on Friday and do anything special for this child on Friday. All you're doing is, I don't know what you're saying. So goodbye. So here it is. We're, it's Friday. I took him to school. He didn't want to. I get a call from the office like I'm his foster mom. I get a call from the office. I'm way somewhere else. I get a call from the office, and I pull him up in the parking lot so when he gets out of school, I can pick him up because I get off early on Friday. So I'll go to his school, pick way for him in the parking lot, and then I check my message. It's a message from the office. And so I leave her a message, but she's on the phone or whatever. So I say, well, I'm here. I can just get out and go in. So I go in, and then the teacher's, hi, where are you? Oh, you're my savior. And blah, blah, blah. like, oh, God. <laughs> so then the lady that would call me, she's talking to me and telling me that he didn't want to go to class. He didn't want to talk to her. It's one particular teacher, the Asian teacher, that doesn't really get along with any of the kids. And he didn't want to be in this group. I suggested that he break these kids up in groups because the class is off the chain. So he broke out of control. So he broke them up in groups, just like I said, look, runs beautiful. They don't like it, especially being in his group, but it works great. So the little Spanish boy didn't want to be in his group, so he don't want to be in his class, and he just walks out, and he's cussing and fussing and carrying on. So I don't know what they thought I was going to do, but I said, look, if he can't come to your class, he can't get in my car. That's that. So I'm not going to pick him up because it's out of my way, so I'm not going to do all of this. And he can't come to your class. And his class are the last two classes or the class with the teacher. All you got to do, okay, do this. All right, no problem. I already told him that. So if he can't come to your class, I won't be. I won't give him a ride to school. So that's the deal. All right? Okay, we good? Everybody we good? All right, I'm good. So use the bathroom. Let's go. All right, you ready, little dude? Yeah, you make me sick. Yeah, you don't like buzzing and do You know, it's all good. It's all good. What you want to listen to? Telemundo? You going to listen to your, your tones, your Spanish tones? All right, pair your up in my car. I'll listen. Okay, I got you good? All right, you can go to sleep? All right, no problem. And that was it. So that's my workplace racism. Thank you for taking my call. Crazy. Crazy. I remember the Bart days. Shout to Oscar Grant. Um, I had to rewind that almost in my brain just like did she say that this white woman said that the problem with my competency is either I have a concussion or the niggers are sabotaging me like (laughs) I don't even it's hard for me to even like process that like if I was I couldn't even get upset just like You talk about writing things down like, wait a minute, wait a minute, like, whew, I need to write this down. Say it again now. So it's either brain damage, blunt force trauma from various whatevers where you got impacted or the niggers are sabotaging you. Hmm. Is it possible that it could be both? <laughs> that 
that's staying in the question lane, but like, woo, I, are those, it's, I, sometimes the racism, white supremacy, because it doesn't have to be logical. It is, I don't even know where you begin. Like, I would just want to sit like when Dr. Welsing talks, if we can hear what white people say to other white people, no non-white people present, like that's one like, man, I would love like, is that the way you pitch that to another white person? And then how do they respond? Like either have a little bit of brain damage or the niggers have been undermining me. <laughs> oh, I'm wounded. Woo, we have got to solve this. And this is who's been in the classroom. Like, either way, on that one, like, huh, you're racists or you have brain damage? <laughs> like, neither one of these is good. Like, ah, play around with sex. The joke is on the offspring. <sighs> so she hates the Negras, uh who might be undermining her. Uh, she just, I, I come in, I ask questions, trying to figure out what's going on, what's happening. So I can do my job adequately, right? Oh my god. I hate this nigga woman. I hate all these nigga women coming here sassing me. <laughs> undermining and sabotaging my efforts. <laughs> like uh whoo, again, white women in particular, they can be so vindictive and spiteful in the workplace. Even having educators who are coming in to help these children, I don't care. We this this for sure should be what they call an all hands on deck approach. Damn, I, no count nigga women in here undermining <laughs> like whoo. Uh and then this whole tacky exchange oh woe is me, agony. Oh, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Lose my job. I know you lowly niggers, they pay you nothing and oh I remember those days I could barely pay my bills. Oh agony, woe is me. She said the victim didn't come in and do all that. Oh, Miss Ann. Oh, I can't believe it. Here's a Kleenex. Here, blow your nose. Here. I've... Nah. And I said that consistently. Like, this is so tacky and common uh, in the workplace where it's just assumed we're negras. Oh, of course. I can go talk to the nigra and they'll make me feel better and give me a pat on the back and a hug. I can tell them about my no count cheating husband or my no count cheating wife or whatever else you know is going on and they'll pep me up like that I guess that's what we've been doing since plantation days cut all of that out like I said you get a reputation I don't come in here and talk about my woes and troubles or triumphs uh, and I am not the sounding board for you to come and oh I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills and oh come on You've got homies. I know you have a phone. You have someone there that you can talk to about all of this. Not your coworker, your Negro coworker at that. It's just, I'm sure you'll work it out. White people don't get fired. They get transferred. Um, she said the white woman saved her a cupcake. I just said we can't even get clean sheets down at the courthouse this white woman is nasty and rude and conniving and hates your guts. Why would I ingest 
anything <laughs> that you have set aside for after you dropped it on the toilet in the bathroom? <laughs> like, come on, come on. I'm good. Like, hopefully they give me enough nickels that I can purchase and or make cupcakes on my own. Thank you kindly. Do I mean, that's like bedrock codification. That's right up there with composure. I don't eat anything in the workplace. And the same would apply even if I work with eight individuals assigned as black with eight black great grandparents. I'm not taking anything from any of them either. Put the black brother sound effect on that one too. Um, they said uh, having the I guess the meeting or what have you uh, about the students and then having the black people on Zoom to shout at. I think we've had a number of folks who have talked about seeing black people being either like ridiculed and humiliated and or just the the typical white supremacy racism you know let me undermine and blame you uh, for things that she is probably not even responsible for uh, and even you were saying how this white man is talking to you like you know what are you what are you doing you said you were going to get him over there and all the rest of this documentation and question lane that is the best anytime they start with those false accusations and that is going to happen documentation this is when it shines this is when you see the value of having a record of things that have been said what's happened dates times all of it whoa, 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 whoa. on April 3rd 2022 3.30 p.m. Pacific Daylight Saving Time you Mr. Richards you said you were going to coordinate transportation do you remember when you said this about you were going to have him on the bar you all said you were going to have this whole network of support coordinated you were going to have someone to ride with him do you remember saying all this back on April 3rd of this year oh uh uh ooh uh not for an apology or anything like let's be professional because white people lying and that's all I can conclude white people in a workplace context and beyond they love to practice racism by yelling at punishing humiliating mistreating a black person even when they know like a thousand percent this black person didn't do anything incorrect and or this black person is not in charge. Like even if there is something wrong, this nigra is not in charge, but I'm a racist. This is what I do. I will make up an excuse to fuss at a nigra, blame something. That's, that's what I do. Document. And that's another one. Composure document and question that will generally take care of all of that then we get out of all the accusing and fussing at the nigra I thought I was going to humiliate them. oh 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 uh, uh, well well I didn't come here to talk about old things uh, so can you uh, pick up a uh, little, little Jimbo here you, you think you can uh, pick him up and all that 
one thing I've observed, one, when they're not abusing and terrorizing Dr. Easy, talked about her at the very beginning, six months, and we still can't even come to a conclusion about if she's hostile in the work environment. She's a superintendent, by the way, so I mean, it seems all levels, teacher's aide, custodial worker, all the way up to superintendent, Negras is Negras. Anywho, uh, she... (laughs) Do you think you can pick up uh, old Jimbo, get him to school and all that, do some transportation? I have seen that they consistently totally take advantage of black educators and have them doing all this extra and above and beyond the call of duty and extra transportation and supplies and time and energy and not even paying them anything. That's why they have a lot of these strikes and things they've been talking about. But I mean, that that is black self-respect i think she said that repeatedly like the only reason i'm doing this is to look out for this black child like that is astounding Uh, where she has she has her own children and everything else like that is amazing like counter racism right there just gusty i would not i mean gas is you know going up it probably increased two dollars since we've been on the line i would not be doing any sort of transportation and really i mean counter racism and all that is great but I mean I would not be doing any extra tasks without compensation like you all have money for all kind of, the, everybody that I'm talking to here makes more money than I do folks sitting around on zoom fussing at black people fussing at me blaming me for things that I'm not in charge of sitting around lying where they know they sat here and bragged about all this nonsensical plan they were going to do and bart this and stop and have a moment of silence for Oscar Grant and then continue on to educate not going to do none of that haven't done none of that and now you're going to sit here and try and blame the only black people here who really care about this child it seems trying to sit around and blame it on us and then after all that got to turn around and ask, oh you think you can go and and we'll try and compensate that right there all of that in a workplace is ridiculous either say from the beginning hey this is volunteering we're not going to compensate you or make it business man fill out the mileage I know how white people hey you could get a gas card from jump here you go we'll get you one of these per week if you want to do it again next week we'll get you another gas I mean that's are you serious in a system of white supremacy you're telling me in California you can't get a gas card It does not get any better than tacky. Can't compensate you for transportation. You can't clean the sheets. We can't get masks, PPE. Can't get a grocery store in Buffalo. Like just bare minimums. Let's see. The uh, yeah, they would have to compensate. That's they would have to compensate. I would really, and that's teaching and beyond. I know they do lots of black educators. They really stick it to them and doing all oh, little John. They try and do the little guilt trip to manipulate you into doing this and that and the other. Oh, we'll try and compensate you. We'll see if we can find a few nickels for you and never do so. Uh, and they do this in other fields as well, where they try and get that, you know, if you just work hard and show some initiative, we appreciate how much hard work you put in and and then they they don't even put a kind word on the performance evaluation. Oh, she went out of her way and went all the way to Contra Costa and, you know, all the rest to drop off students. And Wow, she has just been amazing and we need to get her permanent staff and that's what's it take, like 30 seconds to write that up? spend more time texting about Will Smith tacky all the way Bay Area and again commendation 
that should not be minimized like that is man lots of folks I know would not even dream of taking extra time to go and drive somebody else another student get them to class and all the rest of I don't know what the person maybe they saw Fruitvale Station I don't know but yeah I don't know what their problem is with getting on the train like if it's a they need a homie or it's intimidating maybe they saw Fruitvale Station I don't know um but yeah, that's that is odd. Like that would seem like that would be a part of the you're about to be an adult so called and you want some independence and you know, all the rest of it. I know if I was a teenager in California, oh my lord. Like I would have been uh, I think I would have chewed my leg off to be able to get on the bar so I could get out and explore like ah Woof. Creator knew what he was doing, not having Gusty be born in the Bay Area. Let's see. Uh, any other folks that we missed commentary they want to make sure they get in before we wrap things up? Oh, missed folks. Let's see. Uh, our caller at 0620. 0620. Uh, yes, Gus. Um, uh, bus driver from California. And I have another one for you. Ooh. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Uh, today, at work this morning, one of the bus drivers was reversing the bus and I guess the the race so that they parked their car they parked the other people specifically there to create a problem for the other bus drivers to clip the other bus. So today, this morning about six o'clock, about six six fifteen one of the uh non black uh non black non white bus driver was the person and because of them Having all the cars parked there, one of the, well, the bus drivers clipped the mirror, but she thought no one had seen. So uh, uh, she asked me if I'd seen her clip anything. I said, no, I, 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 I just minding my own business. So basically, none of the other bus drivers have seen what happened. But one of the one of the supervisor, uh, uh, a non-black. Uh, 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 non-black, non-white uh, could be classified as uh, Hispanic. He was off today, but what he was doing, he although he was at home today, not doing nothing work affiliated with work, he was at home looking at the cameras from his, from his home, and he was looking at, uh, specifically at what we were all doing at work, and he saw that there clip the camera, uh, clip clip clipped the mirror off the bus. So as soon as she had clipped the mirror and she thought no one left and she left the yard to do her route, she got a call from this dude telling her that he's seen her clip the mirror. So all my co-workers are really pissed off because they said, you know, this guy's up. He's not even at work and he's spying and everybody feels uncomfortable. So the head of the union said he's going to try to uh, talk to him or, or try to get him uh, uh, get him removed from there because he said that he's causing a lot of dissension. He said he's off work and he's there spying on people and he, he said that everybody feels violated here. So uh, that's the type of stuff, you know, we uh, black folks are up against. You know, they, Even though you think they're off work, minding your own business on their day out, but they're watching us, you know, so it's just, it's just like you always say, it's just disgraceful, you know, for him to be off work 
and pulling that kind of stunt, you know. But it, 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 it's it's uh, it's crazy, Gus. So that so that's my uh, report from. Uh, this is the first week in a while I haven't got uh, I haven't got touched up by the student, so so that's a good week for me. <laughs> but thanks a lot, Gus, for all you do. Well, that's lovely. I'm glad to hear that the little urchins have been uh, behaving themselves the past week or so. Maybe they're just being refined. Or it could be uh, that they're saving it all for a big whammy at the end of the year. So, yeah, stay uh, vigilant. Um, Let me give you... Let's hear it. Go ahead. No, I... One of them... uh, One of them actually... uh, uh, told told me today. He said, "You a good driver, bro," and then he walked off the bus. <laughs> so, so they they have to say something. They you know, they don't get off the bus one day without saying something. Talk, they're not you know terrorizing me. Now that's sass, right? <laughs> that uh, I would interpret that as nigra. That's about the same thing. Like, <laughs> You're one of the good niggers. <laughs> we still got something in store for you at the end of the year. Just wait. <laughs> like, like, uh, we would for folks before this is not me having a potty mouth. I'm just quoting the little folks that he drives. We will remember your black ass. Uh, I said that last week. Didn't I say that last week? I bet you they don't say anybody. We will remember your white ass. I bet you that has never been said ever in life to a bus driver. I'll take that wager any day. Um, my interpretation of what you shared for today, I'll just give it for folks. They can you know share what they think or what have you. Uh, but if I heard it correct, was this a was this a, a white person or a non-white person who was at home? I thought you said Hispanic. Was it a white person or a non-white person? Non-white person. Non-white person. Okay. It doesn't really matter for this one, but it's a non-white person like that. That even pushes it further. <laughs> like, uh, I was like, I'm not upset about that. Like, at all. I'm not, I'm not mad at him. Uh, the way that I processed it, like, jobs that I've been on, where they have, like, a fleet of vehicles, anything, like, uh, garbage trucks, station wagons, buses, uh, any sort of vehicle, golf carts even. Um, If there is a collision, damage of any sort, that's supposed to be reported. Like jobs that I've been on, if uh, a taillight, a mirror, the seat belt gets broken, that's supposed to be reported written report I mean they have maintenance and everything so they can go and you know get all that stuff that's one reason that way we don't have bunches of buses that are broken and falling apart we can go ahead and get them repaired they are taking children around what Whitney say that's our future two with these fleets and vehicles hey we don't want people being reckless if you are running around and bam hit the mirror there and backed into the like whoa what did I just say Whitney said like maybe you shouldn't be driving like we want people who are careful, safe drivers. So that should be reported for a whole lot of reasons. Like that is uh, fraud, malfeasance of some sort. Uh, you crack a mirror. Let's put it this way. If if a black person, non-white person, any job that I can think on, they had vehicles. If I'm not even saying they hit another car. Let's say that they were just careless and 
hit a street sign or something and broke the mirror. You don't report that. That might be a fireable offense like destruction of company property. And then you didn't report in a timely manner. And are you trying to cover it up? Were you out selling drugs? <laughs> like, uh, whoa, that thing. I mean, <laughs> so that's one. This should have been report because she came in. At, oh, did you see that? No. Okay. Hmm. I'll sneak on off and do it. Now, this is a white person who broke this mirror. I just said, hey, white people all the time. Oh, a white person? Kathy broke the mirror? Oh, I won't even probably. Sometimes, in addition to what they do, we won't tell on Kathy. We'll blame it on Jamal. Or another non-white person who works there where they end up having to spend a whole week. I didn't break the mirror. No, I didn't break. No, I didn't break. Three. I've said for years, I've lost count. I said it today a number of times already. You have to function in the workplace as though you are on camera, being recorded, transcribed, all the above, and that anybody that you work with will work with, they might have access to this at any time. That's the way that you have to perform. If it had been a non-white person who did what she did and called in to report that, I'd have told them like, ooh, you could get fired. Like I could easily see where they fire a person for something like that. Like that's got to be one drive more careful Two, you got to report that like, oh, yeah, because that that will be a double whammy. One, you broke the mirror and two, you tried to lie about it and didn't report it because they will say that that's a lie. That's how I process it. Anytime that you are willfully uh, withholding information, willfully omitting pertinent information, that is deception. So they would process the way I would. I would or maybe they would they could process the way that I would. You one, you broke it, uh, destruction of company property. Then you lied about it. You could be fired. Him seeing it, that's why I say you behave, all of us, we behave like you're being recorded all the time. I'm glad, like, hey, this white woman lied about it. She broke it, tried to get away with it, and somebody caught a non-white person at that, being vigilant. I'm not even at work. I'm just checking out the camera to see what this witch, and he might have been thinking the same thing that I said. She might break it and then try and mess around and blame it on one of us, or... The company is lazy. They don't watch the video feed. They don't see that this happens. So then mirror gets broken. They go to, hey, y'all are breaking up the females. And we got to hear some lecture and all this nonsense. And this was Kathy's fault. We could have just got an email update about be safe and you got to report something. So I'm not upset about it. And then they fussed at him like, whoa, why do they have the cameras up to begin with? Why aren't we upset about this white woman? not driving carefully breaking property and then she lied about it somebody else could have got in trouble we all could have got in trouble for that or someone could have got falsely accused of that she might have even had a whole plot to do that i wouldn't be upset i'm not upset with him at all even if he had been a white person yeah well it's a nine hey he works there i assume he's supposed to have access to the camera i didn't hear anybody say you shouldn't have access they got cameras there for a reason in my opinion the mal there was one maldor here it was the white woman he did exactly what he did is exactly the reason the cameras are there to catch that sort of misconduct but that was how i processed it i didn't i didn't have a problem with what he did at all uh, everybody listening you should be thinking that's the world we live in 2022 there are probably very few of us who work in unless you work in a restroom all day long and even then like 
very few of us work someplace where you're not going to be recorded. So behave accordingly. That's what I thought. What did you think? Yes, yes, Gus. I, I think the problem is the supervisor. Two weeks ago, the transportation supervisor had resigned because of this guy because he did some unjust networking and he was trying to, to uh, sabotage the uh, the, uh, the other the other supervisor and he resigned about two weeks ago because because this guy was going to the races and uh, uh, sabotaging his work so all the uh, drivers were stopping him because of that so now that he did he he did this this morning. Now you know. Now they're all even more mad about the state that he's uh, he's monitoring them and he's trying to create more problems. But yeah, he did do some unjust networking to cause the other supervisor to resign. Uh, he was going uh, just like he said earlier in the show with the other uh, the other uh, the the the. the uh, the other victim was trying to undermine the other victim of the job, and uh, uh, the other victim supervisor. So this guy was doing the same sort of thing. That's why that supervisor uh, resigned, and everybody had liked that supervisor. So now, because of this situation, it's just like firm Jacqueline on the fire, you know. So uh, I, I don't have no problem with it, but I always uh, act like, like you said, I'm all, I always act like I'm being watched all the time. So it's the other co-workers that are really upset about it. I see. I see. The uh, added context is uh, seeming like he's after folks. on. I mean, that's what we have in some work environments. I'm sure a lot of us have worked in environments where you have people like that, where they're always uh, looking to get somebody fired, get somebody in trouble. I can get their spot. I can get that raise or, you know, whatever their motivation is. Many individuals classified as white function like that. Unfortunately, some non-white people do as well. Um, But yeah, I didn't. He's been doing this for other folks. Yeah, that's uh, that is messed up. Uh, I guess they will uh, be out to do him in now. But at least with this situation, like, yeah, anybody out there, if you're in a in a situation with vehicles, that's supposed to be reported. And I would make sure the other non-white people that you work with, they grasping both components, like, you know, try to be safe. But if something does happen, report it, you know, ASAP and all that so you don't get accused of trying to hide it uh, or have someone else report you for not reporting it like ugh, worst of the worst um, and to be mindful that you're probably being recorded video audio all of the above uh, and to behave like it at all times that is super uh, important in 2022 and beyond uh, did any any other commentary folks need to get in before we wrap up Everybody satisfied for our Friday? I will assume folks are all good. Uh, We will be here Saturday, uh, May 21. uh, Compensatory call-in. Buffalo will try to make sense. I can't emphasize that enough. Like, I mentioned that on Sunday about Joseph G. Christopher 
I didn't know all the details. I just knew that something like this had happened in Buffalo before black people specifically were being targeted. I did not know Joseph G. Christopher began his terrorist assault at an East Buffalo Tops grocery store 42 years ago. I think that I, I can't say that's a disgrace. That is deliberate white supremacy racism that everybody in the world can talk about this case for a whole week and zero mention that oh wait this is the second time we've had a white supremacist attack at a Topps grocery store in East Buffalo the nigra part of town in the last 45 years that's the correct way to talk about this context that's not an accident that's not a whoops that's not CNN, BBC, all the other news outlet outlets are irresponsible journalists. That's white supremacy racism so that you can keep victims confused about what it means to be white. Even the significance of these events. We said that yesterday, like, dang, did Peyton Gendron read this book and or just research Joseph Christopher? I'll do what he did. Go to the same spot even. Book Club is Thursday. We just started that yesterday. That should be mandatory reading since everybody's going to be talking about this event probably for the rest of our lives. You should talk about it correctly. We will talk about the event tomorrow, though. Last week I said we should wait till we have corroborated information, which we should now have lots of. 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. And there were other things that happened over the even there were more incidents of white terrorism. That wasn't even the only one. There were many other things that happened over the last seven days, as is always the case. 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. The copycats alone, my goodness. Much obliged for everyone tuning in. Hope it was worthy of your Friday evening. Uh, sobriety would be best under conditions of white supremacy. Uh, we need all of our brain computers working correctly to stay safe and to get this problem solved immediately in addition to being sober if you're out and about if you get any sort of sense that something is a little off about a person or situation an environment something just doesn't feel right trust your judgment Gavin DeBecker said you're getting that sense for a reason do not ignore it. Listen to yourself. It is dangerous times all over the world. Anything signaling to you that this seems a little unsafe, take that feeling, that sense seriously. If you're in a vehicle, you're sober, you're buckled up, you are not on your mobile phone. This is a time we need all of our attention to be alert. And we're trying to do the small things that we can to minimize contact with race soldiers badge or no no verbal confrontations with strangers all of that said creator we ask that you help us remain patient with other black people victims of white supremacy we ask that you help us remain patient with ourselves remind us to demonstrate the highest levels 
of black self-respect at all times, in all places, each and every time we are in contact with another black person. It has been time replace white supremacy with justice immediately. No name calling, no throwaway children, no gossiping. Small things that we can do to solve this problem. Reading is more important than watching television. I guess that's one I can end on for a while. The reason it seems that Gus T knew about this incident in Buffalo and no one else that we've talked to thus far, white or non-white, has Gus read about the incident in Buffalo. They don't have anything on Netflix about the 22 caliber killer. Cow signing out. Thanks all for tuning in. Nigga, you so brainwashed. I'm a victim, brother. A victim. I'm a victim of 400 years of conditioning. Shut up. The man has programmed my conditioning. Mm -hmm. Even my conditioning has been conditioned. (laughs) 